PS5 slims down. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, it's the one and only Mr. Chris Figs. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Brett? I am okay. Just to give everyone fair warning, Chris had some technical issues. We're going to try and get through this episode with as minimal of issues as possible, but if you notice some weird noises or whatever, like I just did, I'm going to try and edit them out, but who knows? We'll do what we can. <laughs> so, without further ado, if you're if you're new to the show, first and foremost, welcome. We hope you enjoy what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, Chris playing an interesting little game, our time in Faerun, as well as Sony finally slimming down the PS5, as plenty more is on the plate too i mean it's a it's an interesting news week because there's a few big things and then a lot of rapid fire but we're going to start this show off the time-honored way of checking in on chris and his uh, stuttering computer um, <laughs> i don't even it's like it's farting it's like electrical farts it's like <laughs> love it i, love I don't know computer. how to describe it other than that it sounds like the uh you, you remember whenever they go to rock bottom on SpongeBob, and it's like I don't understand. <laughs> That's yeah. what it sounds like your your microphone or computer's doing. But Chris, time right. on a tradition. Let's tell these people what we've been playing, so we can maybe put something new on their radar. And I think this week we can put something new on their radar we with can. a little game that you've been playing. So you can finally talk about it. Let's hear about Harvest Island. Yes. So Harvest Island is a. Horror Stardew Valley is kind of the pitch for it, I think. <coughs> um, yeah, you're going around and you're doing, you're collecting stuff for gods. Um, the story's pretty good. It's a, it's an interesting game. I don't think it's perfect, you know, but it's like what 20, 49 I think, on PC on sale, and then I yeah. think it'll be coming to other places soon after. But yeah, it's really fun. We obviously got provided a code for it and. That's why I couldn't talk it la- talk about it last week because I was under embargo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I like some of the mechanics. I haven't gotten crazy deep into it, not as deep as I would have liked to. Um, but so far, I'm really enjoying it, and I would definitely say to put it on your radar. And if it looks like something you would like, to definitely give it a shot. Yeah, that's the type of game when it hits console. I definitely could see myself playing it, uh, and not even as a hit or anything to Stardew Valley, I just think the sensibilities of this game are quirky enough in a different way than Stardew that I'll be a little more compelled to play that than I would Stardew at this particular moment. You know what I mean? That's wild, but sure. But I've not, played, I've not played as much Stardew as I should have, and I'll be the first to admit that. Like, you know, I'll just dabble in the game here and there. Well, there's some co-op Stardew Valley. I will. We can play some Stardew Valley if you want. We can farm together. Since you know we don't really get to play Baldur's Gate together, we can we can farm. <laughs> well, we're we're work we're working on that. Yeah, we're trying. Brett and Chris adventures in Faerun. I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. we're working on it. It's not. We're I guess it would there. be Brett and Chris. It would be it'd be Valus and Vanessa. Hey, yeah. actually, we got that, we got a pretty good couple name. You know, like you. Know, that's not bad. I really don't mind that at Valisha? all. Ooh, Valisha. Vanessish. No. Valisha's <laughs> probably the only good one. Valisha sounds right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're making progress there. Yeah, it's slow. Obviously, like we just haven't been able to get a game going in a while. So I think we've ameliorated that issue as of last night. 
We're just kind of like, fuck it. We're it just going like to play it. when we want to play. <laughs> so before we move off of Harvest Island, uh, yes. um, and it looking like it's coming elsewhere, does that game have uh, co-op or anything like that? Because I, I watched the trailer, the initial one that you sent, whenever you said that you know we had an opportunity, and I thought it looked really cool. It was a bad time because I was working. Um, but it yeah. looks like the type of game that I could see having co-op, but I could also see it being like a down-the-line down kind of thing. Um, it doesn't look like it. No, it's single player. Okay, I thought so. Because I was gonna say I don't didn't notice yeah. anything any setup for that inside the game. But yeah, sure. Steam page has it as a just a regular regular title, a regular single player title. Um, I well, don't know. upside for this right now is this game considered early access still, or are we? No, I think it's out full release. Yeah, it's That's it's one point uh, So far, my only the biggest issue I have is that. When you press the arrow key, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you'll understand. You press the arrow key and you finish the action you're doing as you're walking. But like sometimes you walk farther than you're intending to because it presses and then it does the walk animation rather than like you you press and lift off quick and you take a small step. So you take that full step. If that does that yeah, make sense? You. Do you understand? Basically. What I'm uh, yeah, exactly. When you once you start an animation, regardless of when you stop, it plays the full animation, which right. may push you further than you want to be. I've seen games do that. It's like you don't want to break animation, and sometimes it's because they want to have like a pretty demanding. You know, you've got to pay attention to what <clears throat> you're doing, and if you don't, and you overstep or whatever. But I don't. This doesn't sound like a punishment thing. This just sounds like limitations of the type of game that it is. But who knows? I'm I'm assuming this is also an early game for these devs. So those are the type of things where you can get used to them and you can adjust to them. But it would be interesting to see. Basically, they just need to allow animations to stop midway through, yeah. so that you can stop on a dime. Is what you would. I mean, it's like a small complaint at this point. But oh, it's a very small complaint. But it feels like. Um, do you remember in like some of the later? GBA Pokemon games when you would have ice puzzles and yeah, you'd slide a little. Yeah, that's what it feels <laughs> like. Like you take a step and then you kind of just keep going until the game is ready for you to stop. And the stopping is not, it's not like doing it on ice, but that's kind of how it feels where it's that one block. You slide all the way through that block, even though like you were, because yeah. I was trying to open a chest and I wasn't intending to go to like kind of dance and do the robot and that's kind of what i felt like i had to do at that moment um but eventually i opened the chest it's not a huge deal it's just something i noticed that felt it felt like lag when there shouldn't be any but yeah, that's it's probably really... a result of it being a, a tile-based game right like you, you mm -hmm. your character has to step across the entire tile whether you wanted it to or not yeah i think that might be part of it but I think it's a it's a promising idea. So if it ends up coming around um, to console, which a lot mm -hmm. of the time these games do, I'd be very interested to pick it up there. But if nothing else, I mean, you know, this seems like the right type of game for computer. This actually strikes me as like a, a super game for Steam Deck. Actually, like this yeah, seems like I would right definitely, I would definitely play it on the Steam Deck. It would be cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. So we've been playing. Uh, so Chris, I can go ahead and kind of spoil. I have been you this week. Oh yeah, I've I've played a whole lot more. I've really figured out and rebalanced my my hobbies to my I will say a pursuit, <laughs> <laughs> my family time to my friend time, and I've gotten to play a lot more games in the past week than I have in the last few months in terms of like consecutive like 
every night I can get on and do something for a little bit or whatever. So it's been nice to kind of get back to where I feel like I'm not having to make time for gaming. Rather, I have time where I'm like, oh, okay, I could game right now if I wanted to, which has been mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but we finally, I've played a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 uh, in the past week. And I think you have too, but you've been playing your own save and then our save together. Correct. I started a new save with my buddy Donovan. And we've done two sessions, and then I did a session with you and Sean, uh, continuing on with our adventures of Ailish. Uh, the, the upside, though, is it's something about the playthrough with you and Sean just devolves into chaos every single time in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like taking Gith Yankee, uh, Yankee. <laughs> lingerie and putting it on. <laughs> True. But, you know, putting the putting the lingerie on and just seeing all the crazy things we can get to happen between characters, having the fun of like, are we going to kill this guy? And then laughing because every new option choice has got something of, fuck you, let's fight. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just a good time. Uh, we're, with Donovan, we're playing a little more seriously. Like, we're still having fun with it. It's not like, but it's, it, I, I don't know. I guess at this point, ours has been so slow that when we get on, on it and we're kind of just going through it, I mean, it's in no bad way at all. It's just, it ends up being like, we're just goofing around, fucking around. Yeah. And that's no. what it is. I think part of it's the people involved. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So, I'm not. I'm. I'm seldom surprised when something I'm involved in turns into a goofy mismatch of shit. That's just kind of <laughs> who I am. So it's not really too surprising. Uh, but yeah, I've been having a good time with it. So I'm, I've actually made it further with Donovan than I had with our save, and we're we're almost catching up basically on our save now that we're um, getting to play on it again. So I'm very impressed with the game continuously. I there there are things about it like I've, I've had the game crash a few times, which is still just kind of like damn. But you know, you are. It's like it is. I'm willing to be more forgiving to a studio like Larian that's completely independent and are not the household name that someone like Bethesda is or CD Projekt Red is. So when those games are crashing, I think it's equal to complain about them all. But I'm more forgiving to a studio that's doing something at the scale of Baldur's Gate three when they don't really have that. Uh, they, they, there's no reason that anyone should expect this Larian game to come out and blow up and be so big, and it did. And that's awesome, and I'm glad for him. So all I can hope for is that the game continues to perform better because no matter what, crashing in a game and losing progress sucks. It's just the nature of it. So, um, Absolutely agree with that. So <laughs> that's it, huh? Just two games? Besides, I'm assuming, your normal uh, Snap rotation? Yeah, I've definitely been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. Um, it's a new card came out today, which I've been trying to... Uh, which I've been trying to play some of, but it's a it's a difficult card. This is a weird meta for it because it's a uh, it's a card that brings down power, and there's a very specific counter that is makes it hard. So it's one of those cards where it's like if you like this this style, it's really good. But there's this extremely hard counter to this that style of deck, you know. And mm-hmm. then when that's yeah. when that style of deck works, it's awesome. Like when you play. This is going to make some no, make no sense to you if you don't play the game. But if you play a Wong and then a Mystique and then a Hazmat and then you re- and then an Odin and it's like okay now they're at negative fifty power. You know I've won with just those four cards and then Luke Cage as a two cost and decimated opponents like that. It's really fun. But when Luke Cage his power is your card's power can't be reduced. It's like well. If they play that, you just you just retreat and get out of there with your one cube in, in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the general rule for card games, right, though, is that for every deck type, yeah. there's typically a hard counter to it. The question is just, what kind of deck do you like? Is it rogue enough to be good in the meta to where the meta is not accounting for it often enough for you to run into the brick wall? And so most of the time you get to have fun. And that, that happens in all games. Uh, you know, I have some friends that are trying to get into Yu-Gi-Oh!, and uh, it's been interesting kind of describing to them because they're looking at the meta and like looking at those decks. And it's always fun to tell them like uh, the reality is, is we play like a very light form of the meta, but we play a lot of decks you wouldn't see in meta. Mm. Uh, or if you did see them in meta, they'd be considered rogue, which is that they're not common enough in the meta that no decks are prepared for them well enough that for the most part they can come in and kind of, do surprisingly well they seldom win but they're always going to do like holy shit look at this random deck that no one's seen in years suddenly come up and place top five yeah <laughs> you know and and so it's it's wild to see stuff like that but it's it's the fun of card games right it's one of yeah. the things i like about um card games like you know you played Yu-Gi-Oh for a bit but the great thing about Yu-Gi-Oh as opposed to other card games and not that they're bad in the others but this is one of the things that i or this is the positive swing on this aspect is that most other card games use a, roto- a rotation system. So mm. cards eventually fall out of rotation and they're not legal to play anymore. Yu-Gi-Oh! just goes, no, every card we've ever printed is legal unless we say otherwise. So you're not having to worry about set rotation and suddenly losing all cards from a set and hope that they get reprinted in the upcoming sets. Um, you just get to be like, okay, yeah, every card since 1999 is good really it's 2002 for america but you know every card since 2002 is good for us and the crazy thing is that a new card can come out tomorrow and a card that no one's thought about in 15 years can combo really well with that and you'll see a random card that's ancient as hell come back into the meta and you'll be like never would have thought that was going to happen and and now this 12 cent card is going for five (laughs) dollars and it's just it's the nature of the game it's fun yeah but you know i I think is the biggest problem with the Luke Cage in Snap and this specific deck is there is no other counter that is this hard of a counter. Yeah, but, and that's not me advocating for it to change because I I make great use of Luke Cage. You know, um, there are small counters like you can play Enchantress and kill ongoing effects or play Rogue, and if you hit Luke Cage, you take the ongoing effect. So those are all good ways to counter it, but. You know, like an on-reveal deck has a counter, but you have to place Cosmo, and then it's like, well, you can't put Cosmo. You can't use on-reveals here if Cosmo's there. So you have to play in the other two areas. So maybe you set up for that area, so that's how they block it. But Luke Cage is like, nope. If you lose power, your your card's power cannot be reduced. You go right back up. And <laughs> so it's it's the hardest counter. But I'm getting around it. I'm having fun. Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah, I got you. Uh, well, I have gotten back to playing Gran Turismo Seven as I sell as I just occasionally jump in. Um, one of my buddies, uh, you know, sweet Gran Turismo Jones, was having problems with getting his PSVR two to load into Gran Turismo Seven correctly. So he'd go and he'd play, and he was telling me like whenever he'd go into a race, it would never. So you've played Gran Turismo Seven VR, right, Chris? Yes, I okay, have. So you you know how whenever. It's all flat. It's all like you're just looking at the cinema mode until you get into a race and the counter starts. And then once the counter check goes, it changes with the rolling starts where you're in the car and you have the full 3D. Well, it wasn't ever changing for him. He was just still flat the whole way. And it turned out that he just needed to restart his PlayStation because he'd been putting it in rest mode forever and it was just not 
setting up right. Um, but we ended up hopping on and playing. And uh, every time I've gotten on, you know, I'll wait a couple weeks and then I'll hop on. And I've been trying to get the uh, the license test times all gold. And I've got to where I have nine left. So I've really I've made some good progress. And all the ones I have left are all supers. So it's it's been fun. I love that game. I continue to advocate that it is one of the best uses of of VR. Uh, I think it's a fantastic PSVR two game. There's a lot of cool ideas that I wish they would consider for the technology. Because um, Ryan and I were talking, there's VR replays, and you just basically get to watch from a VR perspective the the cars like whip by and everything for what you're doing, and you can look at them. But unfortunately, it just kind of moves you along without you controlling it, and it gets kind of jarring. And I thought it'd be a cool idea, uh, like some people have talked about, like if that's built into your game, they do tournaments on those games. And how cool would it be for re- like people with VR headsets that just want to load in to be the crowd and be able to sit there and look around and look at what's happening and see the car? I was like, that's a great idea, in my opinion. And there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with VR that they're not doing. But at the end of the day, the actual game is incredible in VR. It looks phenomenal. feels so good. I'm glad to be playing it again. And uh, I finally... Oh, man. Immortals of Avium. I've reached, uh, I've reached the end of my time with that game for the time <laughs> being. I beat the game on Immortal Difficulty. And unfortunately, because when you start a new game, when you already have a save from a previous game from the older firmware the game doesn't check out correctly. And so I beat it on Immortal, but since it was building on top of my old save, it just doesn't flag. And a lot of people are having this issue, uh, enough, you know, probably about a quarter of the people trying to go for the Platinum. And it turns out that the only way for me to get it now, after beating it on Immortal, would be to delete the game, delete my save, reinstall the game, act as though I've never played it, start a new game on Immortal and beat it again. And I enjoy the game. I really liked replaying it, actually. I thought it was a good time. But I don't want to play it a third time right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, I have earned all the other trophies for... I won't say for no reason, but let's call a spade a spade. I, I earned them for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you were going for the platinum. I understand that. Yeah. So I am hurt to my core. Uh, I still say that if you're not a trophy hunter, uh, don't let that dissuade you from the rest of the game. It's on steep sale right now. I've seen a few people say that they've been, uh, I've convinced them to pick it up. Uh, Velvet uh, of the Velvet's Corner fame mentioned that he was going to grab it as well. So anybody who gets it, I hope you enjoy it. I think it's a great game. But another great, uh, another newer game that I think is going to end up being a sleeper hit for a lot of people is a game that Chris has also played a little bit of too, so it's easier for us to talk about. Uh, Lies of P. Yes, Lies of P. Lies of P is interesting because it is the... Okay. One of the most common things that you get about non-From Software developed Souls-like games is that they don't feel right. They don't feel enough like From. And I don't usually view that as a negative. I like that there's a different take on that type of genre happening. Conversely, Lies of P, without any of this being a, to a negative, this game is trying so hard to be Bloodborne that it feels through and through like a FromSoft game. And it's very strange, <laughs> but it's very good. I think the game is well-designed. It's 
challenging and tough, but not overly so. You get frustrated, but it's always the same kind of frustration with yourself. I think the world's interesting. It's clearly picking up and paying a lot of homage to the design of Yarnum with the early stages um, of Krat. And I think it's doing a good job with that. You have little things that feel such like an homage to, uh, to Bloodborne where you have like the people you can speak to at the window and they'll talk to you and ask you to bring them stuff. It's cool. Yeah. But it is weird because for all the things that I think it's doing incredibly well, at the same time, I do feel like it's probably the best of the best in this. Like my actual favorite one probably still remains Mortal Shell because I think Mortal Shell did the best of being unique and familiar. But mm. this is so well done at the From Software type of design that I think a lot of people are going to have this be top of their list. It's just so weird because I know that the old saying like imitation is the greatest form of flattery or whatever. And it's just, I, I don't think of it as a bad thing. It's just, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. It feels like one of those games where someone would be like, this is a spiritual successor, but it kind of just, I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to say anything negative about it. And it sounds like no matter how this will swing negative. So I'm just not going to say it. It's a great game. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's just weird how much, like Bloodborne and a Soulsborne that it is. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Brett, can we talk about one thing that grinded my gears this week? And it's my fault, but um, <laughs> do you see that the uh, Callisto Protocol Collection Edition is on sale for 50 bucks right now? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, almost, uh, I almost bought it in solidarity. <laughs> The thing Almost. is, the the statue alone is worth the money. Like that fifty bucks, it's worth the fifty bucks. The combo yeah. of statue and game was not worth three hundred bucks. Definitely worth fifty. <laughs> yeah, fair. If I didn't have Spider Man coming with uh, eleven <clears throat> inches of venom, nineteen <clears throat> inches of venom, nineteen inches. Sorry, <sighs> trying to make venom sorry. seem small. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but between that and the gigantic Sephiroth statue I just pre-ordered for Rebirth, um, I don't think that I need to add more to shit I already don't have shelf room for. So my rule right now is I can't pre-order or buy any more collector's editions or statues until I get a shelf to house them. <laughs> yeah, I think you should get a shelf. I will. It will it's happen. Fun. It's that's just, funny because you know. I almost did just get a new shelf because me and Sadie were uh, we were going out to dinner and the Outback Steakhouse. Which I hope my dad doesn't listen. I did go to Outback. I was craving a blooming onion. Okay, <laughs> traitor! <laughs> you fucking traitor! I'm a blood traitor. I'm gonna get beheaded. Um, yeah. So the Outback was in the same parking lot as a Lowe's. So when I put it in the GPS, I'm like, "Yeah, hey, we're going to Lowe's." And she's like, oh, why? And I'm like, we're going to build a shelf. Like, I just pulled something out of my ass. And then she realized we weren't going to Lowe's. And she was like, oh, I was fully prepared to build a shelf. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Chris, the upside is, is you could still make that happen. You can make your dreams come true. I am thinking about because I don't know if you see it, but I have the TV and then I have a wall right there. I'm thinking about building mm -hmm. a shelf right there and just putting the PS5, PS3, Xbox, and PS2 there. I think that would be pretty sick. Um, nice, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know that I need any more shelves. Well, I do. But. All right. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, well, moving on, I apparently didn't do my work well enough on this. I knew I knew that coming into it, but we're going to go ahead and go into the community's take. Uh, and the community's take is where we ask you guys, in case you're new to it, uh, we go to social media, and at the end of every episode, we ask a question, and we remind you on social media what that question was, and get you guys to give us your thoughts on something we talked about in the last episode. Uh, last episode, of course, we were talking about Jim Ryan retiring out, and with such, Chris thought it would be apt to ask, with Jim Ryan being a more controversial leader, for PlayStation, at least in the online sphere. Now that he's retiring, give us your grade for Jim Ryan's years heading PlayStation. The positives, the negatives, and everything in between. Um, and we got a number of answers to that. And unfortunately, I did not do my due diligence in getting them all together in one spot. But pretty sure I can get this to work out. So uh, that said, the first answer comes from one of our patrons. And as always, our patrons who went over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month to support this show. Get preferred reading. We have Rude Days 93, longtime patron, longtime listener. He says, I've been going back and forth on this. But right now, as head of PlayStation, I'm going to have to give him incomplete. He has led PS5 to great heights, has had a few PR blunders, but until his live service initiative starts... It's kind of hard to give him a grade since this will sink or swim PlayStation. If I have, if I gave him a grade included uh, when he was in charge of PS Europe, I would give him A plus since he did dominate that region. So, Chris, Hello. the big question I see within this, and I mean, yeah, ultimately it's under him, but who do you think at PlayStation? Do you think it's the board? Do you think it's some? individual person do you think it's jim in his position as head or do you think it's someone underneath him like herman where do you think the actual push for live service games came from within playstation do you think it's just looking at the industry and seeing that they couldn't ignore it or who, where, who do you think actually got that going um i mean i feel like change an initiative change like that has to be coming from jim right but yeah, so I, I guess I would just say it probably is Jim, but it's probably a whole company-wide thing of, like we've said, one out of ten needs to be a Fortnite, and they're good, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you have to do for it to work. Is If you get one, the rest of them feel like, ah, all the risk was worth it. Yeah. Fair Conversely, Games, though, what's weird about that? Yeah, go, go for ahead. it. Well, I was going to say, Fair Game and Concord could fail if Helldivers is a smash hit. You know, it just all—it just all depends on one of these games doing well, and I think doing well is relative, right? Like, I think the bar for Helldivers being a great success is different than Fair Games or Concord, right? Um, seemingly, yeah, you would think. Yeah, because it's a smaller game, so like this game that costs us twenty million to develop is oh look, it's making us a million dollars a month. That's great. Whereas, you know, Fair Games, which cost us the buying of the studio, it cost us $100 million on top of that. It only, you know, it only netted us $100 million in its entire lifetime. That's a failure. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's fair. You know what's weird about that, though, is like in that world of things, it really goes to show where the market has shifted to where you can swing at the fence that many times for these games and have one major success be like all the other failures were worth it. But you would never see that in the single player sphere. And I guess it just goes to show you how different those sides of the market are. 
I think it just goes to show how different games are now. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to necessarily say. Well, you this used because, to get that right. Like you used yeah. to actually get throw a bunch of single player games out, and as long as one of them hits big, we're good. Like Square used to do that, like Mad. EA used to do that, like Square Mad. Still does it. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah. They, that's they they also do live service shit in a weird way. But yeah, Square is one of the most interesting game publishers out there. Not always in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just weird. But go ahead. Um, no, I, I don't know. Again, it's we. I feel like we've talked about this a bunch, but it's just the industry is different. Yeah. I was playing uh, Condemned Criminal Origins oh, today, dude. And what a game! One of the takeaways I had was like, you would never see this game right now. Nobody would make this game right now. Not true. They wouldn't. Even, they wouldn't even pitch this game right now. Yeah, you know, you would only see that game in the indie sphere. Yeah, and you wouldn't even see it like the way it is because you would see it in something like I don't know if you ever played it, but uh, the Lies of Oberdin or something along, like like that. Where oh, it Return of that, the Oberdin. Yeah, Return of the Oberdin, where it's a puzzle game and the of an investigation of how this boat just you know stuff happened to the boat. So it's that where that has a lot of condemned DNA, but condemned is like a what feels like a big budget game at the time doing a supernatural police you know investigation i feel like you wouldn't see it now for a multitude yeah. of reasons <laughs> it reminds me of like when hollywood hollywood got real into art house directors making some of the biggest ip ever like we're gonna make the amazing <laughs> spider-man and we're gonna put mark webb from 500 days of summer behind it like who the <laughs> fuck would like don't be wrong interesting ballsy move 11 years ago, I guess technically like 22 years ago when it started development. But point being, it's like whether or not it's true, the optics mean that the optics make it feel like that would not happen now. Like that, no, that would not. No, they'd be like, no, if you, you have no. OK, if you don't have any kind of experience in this type of movie, we're going to scoot you along. Um, but you never know. I mean, like I was telling my daughter, there's like an exception to every rule, right? Like rules mm-hmm. are just there for us to easily describe something, but there will always be something that just bucks in the face of what you expect. And that's just the nature of how things go. Uh, but, you know, to another answer, uh, over on Facebook in the group Triangle Square to PlayStation podcast, Cody James McGinnis says, I like what he did with PlayStation. I have no major complaints, but I do feel others represented represented the brand a little better than he did. We never heard a lot from Jim like we did with others in the past, but... That being said, the PS5 and PSVR 2 are both amazing, and the games are good. So I guess there's not much more to ask for. It's a very well-rounded, honest answer that's probably far closer to the average consumer. So I would fully agree. Yeah, I think he's basically 100% correct. So the next one up we got is a pretty interesting one, and it comes from Savoy Prime, <clears throat> one, of our, uh, one of our patrons. He says, he gets a C grade from me. Nothing but props navigating the PS5 launch through the pandemic. On the software side, though, I feel like this might be the weakest PlayStation has been on the first-party side of things in a long time. I don't completely disagree with this. (laughs) And I know that that sounds like sacrilege to some people, but I was actually talking today at work as a good example. Um, One of my coworkers who knows I look into game stuff, he's like, hey, did you see they announced the slim PlayStation, which we'll be getting to in a little bit. Uh, so we started talking about it, and one of the other younger dudes there was like, uh, the PS5 is like the PS3. And I was like, oh, yeah? In what way? He goes, it ain't got no games. And he was, of course, just making fun of the, the meme jokes. But I was like, the meme doesn't even make sense because 
the one thing that is absolutely true of the PlayStation 3 is that motherfucker had games. <laughs> Dude, that even if you're just talking first party, PlayStation had like 10 first party games releasing every year once they got basically once uncharted hit and the ball got rolling finally that it really only ever sped up from there and conversely a good example is like in the later years the, the 360 didn't really have much in the way of exclusives from first party microsoft has a significant had a significantly smaller first party at the time but point being is like you know you, you got like one game a year in the last couple of years from microsoft whereas in the final year you got Beyond Two Souls, you got The Last of Us. I mean, there was a bunch of bigger games from PlayStation. So it's interesting to see. But to that end, I do feel like I would have expected, and I know COVID's a big thing by now, I would have expected to have, to have seen more from PlayStation. And part of you can think, well, they're just slowed down because of COVID. But like we've talked about before, I think it's a little bit of that. A little bit of it is that so much more of what PlayStation's aiming to put out is on the first is on the live service side. And then secondarily, or I guess third, tertiarily, games are taking even longer and longer and longer to make. And so you're just ending up with this point where it feels weird that we have a slim for PlayStation. And I don't really feel like there's been like the pro is coming, right? Or at least the idea of there's a pro assumedly coming and we got asked a question earlier and I'm going to kind of interrupt the, the community's take for just a second to talk about this. But Kiki posted in there earlier, like, well, Hey, if the pro comes, are y'all going to upgrade? And the easy answer is probably, yeah. Cause I mean, I have enough disposable income and I can afford it. Chris, I mean, what's your kind of gut answer? If they were to announce that midway through, so like June of 24, there'll be a, a, a pro. Would you upgrade? Probably. Yeah. Almost most likely. Okay. Can I ask you, did you upgrade from a PS4 to a Pro on that immediately? I did. Yep. When you did, did you feel like you had seen a number of games really showcase the PS4 super well and that you'd had a good, like, <clears throat> okay, here's this, and then the upgrades were like, cool, now we're going to see a whole extra set of things? Or did you just feel like, great, more power for most games. Let me go. Like, let's go. Like, what was your um, driving factor? <laughs> I mean, I think the honest answer is a little less exciting than what you're asking me because the honest answer is my PS4 sounded like a jet engine when it played anything. Um, <laughs> so easy fix. Yeah, so I just bought the new one for that. But it, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you didn't notice. I didn't necessarily notice it. It's It was less drastic. Like You would see like, oh, there's the PS4 Pro enhancements, and you would see like uncharted runs a little bit better but i don't think it was particularly drastic personally mm -hmm. i think it was for me because i got an hdr tv and a 4k tv all at the same time alongside the pro so i saw all those jumps kind of happen simultaneously but you're kind of looking at it now and i guess what i'm getting at is to the idea of their first party catalog i feel like we haven't had enough exclusives from playstation yet um, in order, and it feels like we're hitting this midway point of the gen. Um, and it's like, huh? Like, I know Spider-Man 2 is coming up, and that's probably going to be the big game that people point to as like, there we have it. And that might 
satiate everything and be like, ah, there it goes. That's the game I've been waiting for. But it just does feel different than like the way I felt about PS4 by the time we got pro. Like I was already so hyped on all the great things the PS4 had done by that point that getting the pro felt like, oh shit, cool, more. And I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know if it's because I'm older and my I have less time to game. Because like one thing to mention is I've played in large part because of my own fault, but I've not played nearly enough of the new games this year, right? Yeah. So maybe I'd feel different if I was playing all this big year of games and I'd feel like, okay, this year was like the graduating year and then next year we're going to get the next piece that can do so much more. I don't know, but it is weird. I just, my obvious answer is I'm going to upgrade, but I, I, it's it's not as excited as I upgrade as I was for Pro. And some of that might be that the tech is just, you're going to see even smaller, less obvious upgrades. Yeah, I think there's, there's not the HDR, right? You're not getting something new there. You're not getting the fast loading. We've already got that with the PS5. So, like, what it, what new my, bridge is there to cross? Well, that's I think my concern, which is why I don't actually think, for me personally, the answer should be yes so quickly, because if the big benefit of the PS4 Pro is it's like 4K 60, 4K 120, no matter what the game is. That's you mean PS5 dope. Pro? Yeah, I'm sorry, PS5 Pro. Um, it's okay. That would be really dope, but I wouldn't be able to take advantage of it. So, you know, the question for me would be, okay, I don't have a 4K 120 TV. I don't have a USB 3.0. Like, my f- TV runs 4K 60. Is it going to benefit me to upgrade to that, really? You know? Maybe. Yeah. Because if I can play Spider-Man 2 in... 4k 60 with ray tracing and it runs well perfect i'll do that but if it's one of those things where it's like we guarantee 4k 120 um let's just go with all first party titles that isn't necessarily exciting for me because i can't take advantage of it so i think with the ps4 pro this is much a ps5 pro this is much more of a wait and see what it does before i jump into it immediately the reality is, knowing me, I will probably buy it regardless. doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. But I do think there's a lot more to wait for. I don't think this is going to immediately upgrade the back catalog like we expected the Pro to. And the Pro didn't do that either, necessarily. Bloodborne still runs like shit on the PS4 Pro, so... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Let's go back to reading some of these replies, though. We got Jehudi MD, longtime listener, longtime patron. He says, business, I feel the pandemic has helped him achieve what he was able to achieve sales-wise. People were at home with extra cash, and that enticed people to buy something while physically distant. Regardless, his business decisions were smart for the company to continue ramping up revenue and customers and keep existing ones. Games-wise, not so much. He probably was not hand-on with making the games, but we have not had an amazing game from Sony in a while. My destiny his definition of amazing games, what he says. In addition, the whole decision to go after service games is not to my interest and unfortunately tipped me over to PC gaming where I can enjoy more of the games I like. Um, so it's interesting to see that games, do, as much as we were talking about the the meme of it all, uh, when people talk about games, you know, Blake has always been... I don't even know why. For some reason, the other day, I just got in my own. Like, I thought of something. I was like, exclusives exist in all markets. And you can say, well, no, well, not like in gaming. But really, yeah. Because that's like saying that I should be able to buy a Big Mac at Burger King. 
And so to that end, it's like exclusives exist because no one's going to shop a lot of industries. People are going to shop at you because they can get something that they feel like they can only get from you. And so, you know, I know a lot of people are like, well, there should be no exclusives. Well, then what would be the motivation for people to make games at that scale? And there's good and bad within all of it. But it is weird that I've been I've been noticing that PlayStation feels like it's and again, Spider-Man 2 could change everything. But PlayStation kind of feels right now like PS5 has been so focused on making sure they get the system into as many hands as possible and that they get as much third party support as possible that they've kind of not worried about as much about the games because that aspect of the business has changed. So maybe to Blake's benefit of the way he views exclusives, it's going to change that way. But at the end of the day, exclusives will always be around. And so when people use the word no games here, they're really talking about the games that brought them to this in the first place, right? It, it would be like if you went to McDonald's and like, hey, can I get a Big Mac? And they're like, no Big Mac, sorry. All sorry, we have we're serving Whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> you would just be like, what the hell, man? You know, it's it's... It's weird. So people want what they expected when they bought into it. And I'm not, I think it would be a mass over exaggeration to say that PlayStation hasn't, PlayStation 5 has not delivered in games. There's been a lot of good games that are from first party, but it does feel different than previous generations. And maybe that's just kind of like Chris said, the industry is so different now that what we bought looking into it specifically for ourselves as we age up and as chris brought up a few weeks ago the new guard comes in that what we're looking for and what sony's trying to do to stay at the peak of the industry is going to slowly drift further and further apart yeah it seems reasonable uh but to that end that was the last answer we had uh, for the community stake. So if you want to be part of those, follow us on the social media website, formerly known as Twitter, at Triangle SQRD. You can find us in the Facebook group, Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Or click down in the description below, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcast services, and join the Discord so you can be part of our day-to-day conversations with so many other listeners and patrons. We'd love to have you over there. Uh, Chris. Brett. We have got news but i wouldn't say it's necessarily a crazy amount of news Hold on, so i'm gonna kind of do this before ahead, we leave the community section of our show i have oh, two announcements okay. two announcements here i'm gonna double check um in the least surprising decision of all time um <laughs> october's platinum game is spider-man 2 <laughs> For the so trophy competition. For the yeah. trophy competition, if anyone was interested. Um, I believe that outside of... I have to do some work on the fantasy draft because we are almost done with last year's fantasy draft. I have two more games. I have taken two zeros with Stellar Blade and Suikoden 1 and 2. Brett, and rebirth. It, well, I had already counted that. I meant two more zeros. Okay, because gotcha. I actually have four. So I have um, what was it? Telltale and Telltale Stellar Blade, Suikoden, and um, what's the other one? Final Fantasy Seven. And you have two. It looks like that was now three. Yeah, that sounds three. right. Lost Soul aside. You have three Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Sons of the Forest. But oh, yeah. I am bringing this up for something very specific. I have filled my bench 
I have filled my bench here, and I need to make sure it's set on the show. And I think this pick, Brett, could be the clutch pick. Could be the clutch pick because I have taken Super Mario Wonder as my last Smart. game. Smart. I, yeah. So I've got Alan Wake two and Super Mario Wonder. If I can score a high eighties and a ninety there. I think I'm good because I also have Spider-Man. So I, I think I'm pretty all set up. I think you're done, though. So next week I will have probably the, we'll updated, see. the updated numbers. I mean, unless they push up the forest or Suicide Squad or something like that, you're done. Yeah, we'd have so. to see. Well, one thing you definitely got to do is add my Forza Motorsport 85 which is right around where I thought it would land. So yeah, I literally have right. not edited this this page in a while. Because um, I have to go... The reality is, by the end, I have to go through and check the new scores anyway by the time we end up doing it. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah, you don't have my Pikmin 4 in there either, man. You're, uh, you're killing me over here. You're free to edit, too. It's a joint channel for... <laughs> That's a um, fair point. <laughs> but, you know, as of the last time I edited, which I think was Immortals of Avium, it was me at 71, Brett at 68. So also, I can't. It's your post. I can't edit your post. You fool. Oh, I thought you could because you were an admin. No. Well, I'll get it edited. We'll have the tallies for next week. It'll end um, with Super Mario Wonder, I believe. I think that's the last game on the list. Yeah. And then uh, we can talk about doing it for 2024. Uh, So many of my games just hit. I actually forgot. I forgot I did AC Mirage. You did. That that game did not do as well as I would have hoped. Yeah, but it sounds fun. Like I was Damn telling you, you I regret Assassin's not Creed buying fans. it. Ah. it Damn you, like Assassin's Creed fans. Because that's the yeah. OG. I don't know if anyone on this podcast has ever seen it. My first tattoo is an Assassin's Creed tattoo. That's what I got on me. My my eagle and my Assassin's Creed emblem. And I don't you really love the franchise fucking thing on you? I do. Strapped up. See, look. This is why I don't even think most people know this. Like, if you're friends with me in real life, you probably know it more. I may have mentioned on the show once or twice, but that right there Mm. is exactly why I'm so hesitant to get tattoos. I don't have a single tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes people are like, why? And it's two reasons in particular. One, I got that broke boy mentality. And my general thing is I don't have the money to be spending on something that I can make no money back off of in a reasonable way. Like, yeah, there are, there are people who have good enough bods that get, get tattoos and maybe get pictures and make money off of it. That's not me, bro. <laughs> That's not me. If I can't sell it years later when I decide I'm either done with it or it's gained a lot of value, then I'm not worried about it. I don't want to do it. But secondarily, there is nothing like getting a tattoo of something and then being like, yeah, I don't even like this anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I see that point. And here's the thing, right? This will be maybe a little bit incongruous, but if I could go back, I don't think I would have gotten tattoos. But... The tattoos I do have represent a time in my life where, yeah, it's dumb as fuck that I have this this dumbass Batman symbol that some dude did for $60 in his dining room. But (laughs) it's a great story. It is. It is that. It is that. Because you just got a big reaction from $60 Batman tattoo in a dining room. Yeah. I just got to get it, you know, cleaned up a little bit. It'll be perfect. It's great. But yeah, I, like right now, I probably wouldn't get any of these, you know, maybe except yeah. the one on my wrist and the one of my dad's writing. But 
Yeah. Yeah. That, Half that's these true. are dumb, but what I always landed on is that the one thing I might get tattooed on me, and it's just because they're very personal to what they are, is like I thought that I might get like my band, my different band logos tattooed on me. Just because it's kind of like that's something I did. You know, it's like, well, just let me like, ask like you a, a question about like, that. I could, I might get the triangle squared ta- logo tattooed on me because at the end of the day, it's like, it's just something I was a part of. Well, that's exactly how I see my tattoos. But question, cause I've, always, I've thought of like, like, right. I'm writing, I'm, I'm working on new writing and I thought about like, would I name my kid after the main character or would I get the main character tattooed on me? I'd be like, no, that's, that seems weird. Right. Does that not seem weird? I, don't, I mean, I don't know, dude. If you created it and it means something to you, and definitely if you put it out there and it was successful, that seems like low hanging fruit. That yeah, of course you could do that. Then it's like I'm I'm referencing something that was life changing to me. Yeah, you're right. Like if my book gets picked up and I'm like, yeah, you named after the main character in the book that's paying for your college in this gigantic house. <laughs> Be like sick. I am the new Stephen <laughs> you know? King because of this gigantic barbarian man. Well, think of it this way, like right, Coheed and Cambria is a band, you know, progressive band, progressive yeah, rock band. Great band. And they have their own story. And the whole story is just fucking Claudio. The the main character's name is Claudio, which is a singer's name. It's clearly supposed to be an analog for Claudio. Mm-hmm. And so like is that is that cringe? Is that you know, is that weird? I don't know. I don't think so. Right? You're just rules, using that as a mean. The to rules talk about of cringe are just weird. Right, because I feel like there's a, enough there's enough people who would be like, "Oh, you got your own main character or your own band logos tattooed on you." That's so, as Baldur's Gate would say, a uh, gauche. Um, <laughs> That's gauche. How gauche? A, such a good line. But, Dragons. Um, how gauche? <laughs> it's such a it's such a good line because <laughs> I made the the main character in my book. He named his swords. They're named Thunder and Lightning because he's a douchebag. Oh, um, God. Yeah, yeah. Is it, so I, I is write it Sean this, William Scott? <laughs> is, that, is that who's going to play your main character in that the would movie be adaptation? Great, that would be great. No, Henry Cavill. That's everyone's pick for everything, right? <laughs> it's Henry Cavill and sure. fucking Tom Holland plays the girl. <laughs> but the whole nice. point I brought that up was because I wrote a line where I want it to seem like the person narrating is an actual narrator, kind of like Baldur's Gate, but he's writing the book. So I wrote um, in, yeah. I forgot to mention that he named his swords Thunder and Lightning, and I wrote, how gauche. And I was like, nah, I can't do that. I can't put that in there now. <laughs> yes, you can. You absolutely can. All right, I'll art put it in, in. Art comes, dude, here's the thing, right? Art comes from inspiration, and most of the time, inspiration comes from other art. It yeah. is not really... It's, it this goes back to what we were talking about about Lies of P. I can't I, I genuinely, as weird as it is to play Lies of P and be like, this feels like a FromSoft game almost too much. I that sounds like I'm trying to say something bad, but I don't mean anything bad by it. It's so good yeah. because it was like, yeah, we're really just inspired by how good they made their fucking game. So let's make our game like that. And it's it'd be wrong to say it doesn't do anything different, right? It's, it's choosing to do its own thing within that setup. It's just really heavily leaning on that setup and taking a lot of inspiration from, from soft. And that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, everything takes, you know, everything, you know, I think the best thing I've ever heard was like great artists steal. I can't remember who the fuck said that. That's a popular oh, a lot quote. of people have said that. Yeah. But think of it this way, right? Great art moves you to make art. Mm hmm. That's really what it comes down to, right? You'll see something, it resonates with you, and if it resonates with you in the right way, you'll be inspired to be like, I want to try my hand at that. 
Yeah. And well, it's, it's funny you said that. It, by nature, it inspired you, and mm-hmm. so you end up referencing it, whether consciously or unconsciously. Yeah, because it's funny you say that, because we go back to AI, and I was talking about it in the show, in the Discord, which you can join at the link below, along with you know Patreon and following us and PSNs. Um, but I was saying in the Discord that I like to use AI to throw in a prompt, and it, it spits out a picture of what I'm thinking of, and that helps me make my main characters. Uh, and that really was like like getting all those, and like I sent them, you saw them, and some of the people in the Discord saw them. And I was like, th- it made me want to write more because I was like, oh yeah, that's what they look like. That's really kind of cool. And it's not perfect, obviously, but no. it's like Dude, that picture, like that picture fucking alligator. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I put. So I was telling Brett, the whole pitch is basically it's high fantasy, but more. I don't know how to explain it. It's more of our world. But the story is a high fantasy story, and I'm using but mixed with colonial America, kind of. Well, no, it's just the I want to use the Revolutionary War as kind of a background, like kind of tell that story a little bit. So I was telling you, I have this scene where one of the characters will ride a dragon and announce that the usurper's army is coming. Obviously, you know Paul Revere and all that. So I, I put in the AI generator, uh, <laughs> Paul Revere riding a dragon to tell everyone the British are coming, <laughs> and it spit out a picture of a dragon doing like the fucking <laughs> radical dude fingers in a colonial jacket, <laughs> and he's jumping in the air like he's doing a kickflip, and it's one of the funniest <laughs> images I've ever seen. Brett, yeah, that, it looks like he's doing the leprechaun or like, you know, the, the little iris, like you jump up, turn sideways and click your heels together. Brett, what you should do for this episode is that should be the, the, the logo for the show this week. It just says PS5 Slim. Put the PS5 on the dragon's head and it's just him going like that. Um, okay. Yeah, no, maybe, it, maybe. It, that's very true. I lost the plot of what we were saying a little bit talking about. Uh Tony, uh, Tony Dragon. Great there, art but. inspiring you. Yeah, yeah, great art does. It does. And everything is backed up. Like, my story is basically, the way I'm thinking about it is, in my head is, what if The Last of Us happened in Lord of the Rings, but they were also being invaded by the British? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically I it. mean, you get there. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and move into the news. I think Chris is, uh, we're done randomly offshooting off of all that. So the first piece of news is probably the biggest piece of news for the day, and that is, of course, that Sony has unveiled a new version of the PS5. Uh, and to say that the consensus is split is an understatement. Uh, the new consoles will replace the original Ooh. model and come in disc and digital. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you deal with hecklers. That, that's how you do it, Chris. That was good comedic timing. So if you're writing your book and someone goes, boo, you say, hey, fuck you. <laughs> you just keep writing. <laughs> right, actually, you know how you're doing your little narration thing? Yeah. You can have one of the characters say boo to the narrator, and you can just have the narrator say, hey, fuck you. <laughs> so you want the characters <laughs> to break the fourth wall? <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. Have a little fun with it, Lemony Snicket. What if um, I uh, Kurt Vonnegut it and I put myself in the story as a bard writing the book as we're traveling? Fucking do it. Fuck yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, the new consoles will replace the original model mm-hmm. and come in disc and digital only editions, just like what we have now. The digital version includes the upgrade to add a Blu-ray reader so you can continue using disc, which comes separately for $79.99. You heard that right. 
$80. The console will come packing a stand to make it stand horizontally. If you prefer the console vertically, however, that will run you an extra $30. Unlike the black stand that was included that works for both on the initial on the initial model of PlayStation 5, uh, they're going a little different here. The last big piece of news is that there is a $50 price increase of the console's digital version, bringing the price to $449 rather than the very competitive $399, the console's launch in November. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, but I think, uh, Chris, I mean, clearly, what's your kind of thoughts on the new design? I think that's, you know, that's easy. PlayStation 5's design was already controversial. Do you feel like this swings in a way that you like more do you think it leans more into that identity or do you think that this kind of pulls away from its more unique identity um i mean i like the ps5 design personally it very much reminds me of you know a character on the jersey shore but i think (laughs) (laughs) i think the new design is okay um yeah i think the biggest thing that they should have done was put it next to a ps5 because it doesn't look any different in size to me That's, I think, the biggest mistake they made is they didn't, at least what I saw, there could be comparisons out there, but I didn't see any. So to me, it just looked like a PS5, but it has, you know, a split in it. It's wearing a, you know, a crop top or something like that. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Fair. PlayStation showing some midriff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Get kicked out of school. Yeah. Excuse me, ma'am. This is inappropriate. You're going to need to put a shirt on, Missy. <laughs> uh, I, I like the new design, but I'm going to be honest. I think it trades one aspect of PlayStation's more monolithic design of the PS5 as it currently sits and tries to be like, all right, we're going to draw attention to this new split, this divide. We're going to, since it's necessary for the removable disk drive part, we're going to try and play into it, put it on both sides. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Um, It's slimming down and coming closer together into the collar point. I don't know. I feel like it's taking some of the more iconic nature of the PS5 and minimizing it. But at the end of the day, it's a slim console that's meant to try and bring in more people and make it easier to produce for Sony. It is what it is. Um, And as I was saying earlier, we said it here and there on the show, but right, like... In a in a world, you know, in, in a market right now, in a world, in a world, in a world <laughs> where PlayStation and Xbox are going head to head, our hero Bobby Kotick. <laughs> oh no! One man, John Riccatello. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one of those quick flashes. We'll and they're going to pay per install. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to make you pay per view. <laughs> do, 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 do. This summer. <laughs> Unity. Unity will be broken. Tim Sweeney walks out and goes, I'm going to. You can come on to the Unreal Engine store. Unreal Engine 5, free for developers. No install Chris, fee. do you realize that we're in the middle of making one of the dumb quotes that we'll have to look at in the future? This is one of those <laughs> moments. This is- yeah. <laughs> you think John no. Riccatello would still have a job if someone made this movie? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the quote. Sit in the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 70 episodes, so going back I want to see it, that. In a uh, in a market where we are right now, where the two that's what I said on Discord earlier, right? Where the two front runners who are kind of leading the console side of the market in a more console way, right? Like Switch is doing excellent, but it's not a console design in the same way. Um, but when your two people uh, are choosing two vastly different design languages, and the design languages are basically so nondescript as to blend away and fade away into nothing so you just don't notice it or to purposely be shapeful and draw your attention to it whether positive or negative i would rather go with the latter because at the end of the day i think a design is always going to be more interesting when it's choosing to be risky so i get that people don't like the ps5 i don't think that this is going to change that for a lot of people it may Mm -hmm. help to some degree but at the end of the day if you didn't like the playstation 5's design I don't think that this is going to be a watershed moment for you. No. Um, but I'd is, still rather have this in the Series X in terms of something that you look at and go, yeah, like, that's memorable. And yeah. Sony has always done a good job, whether people like them or not sometimes, Sony's done a good job of making iconic visual consoles. Iconic doesn't have to be good or bad. It just means that you remember it. It's an icon. Mm-hmm. But what's up, Chris? No, I was just saying, I think the PS5... Is very much in the eight in the eighties of design. It's a very much eighties design language, if you know what I mean. It's very loud. It's like it's like the eighties future design, and I kind of dig it. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like the this is the future of design. But yeah, I also I personally like the V shaped design to try and play into the five thing. I think it's cool. Yeah, I do like a deep V. You like the V, Chris? I'm a big V fan. Compound V, V from Cyberpunk, VGC, our favorite news source, (laughs) Vagina. All right, so a couple of things. The the, the stand for vertical is really interesting because one of the reasons I think they included the stand, and I I could be talking out of my ass here. Correct me no. if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember there being fuck you. <laughs> I feel like I remember there being an article or something where Sony was saying that the reason the stand was included is because the PlayStation ideally was made to be standing up because of the way that it handles pulling in air and sending it out. Yeah, I could be wrong. But that feels really likely. So them not including it here makes me think that it's not necessary and that they're because I don't think that they would make something that they felt was necessary to give it a good chance of running and make you pay for it separate. This redesign probably did something to the heat sink situation to where it probably does just as well either way. Uh, but who knows? I think at $30 is interesting. It's just kind of like a why, but this is also the first time we ever got a console that the stand for vertical was included to begin with. Yeah. Can I be honest though? I've never used the stand on my PS5. I actually lost it at, in Texas. Oh, really? And it's is, never is yours, uh, is yours vertical or horizontal? It's vertical. My never used it. Is. Yeah. System looks. Do you have the standing? Do you have the stand on? Oh, it's sexy as hell. I love that DP. Yeah, I've got the like stand on. Yeah, yeah. It's just I like the stand. Never... I actually like that the stand gives that little like. 
I don't know how to describe, but the little round shape that kind of bolts out, it, it looks intentional, very intentional. I like it. It does. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the system looks goofy as shit on its side on that stand. I understand the need for it because of the shape. But yeah. I think that, I guess that's, I like the PlayStation 5's design so long as it's standing up. If you take the PS5 and lay it down, it looks fucking goofy as shit. <laughs> it does. It's weird. It doesn't help that the disk drive is upside down on the bottom. No, yeah, that's very annoying. Weird as shit. So I've put enough discs backwards that I didn't. I think I made fun of you actually in the infancy of my time of this show for talking about that. And I've done it my fair share of times. Yeah. Look at that. See? Hey, Chris. We always talk about my personal integrity. And I just admitted that for no reason, completely unaccounted for. (laughs) Yeah. See, Chris, do you remember when I said, hey, fuck you? Yeah, I do remember. (laughs) Yeah. You want to say it again? <laughs> no, nah, I'll save it for later. Uh, right, so last thing here, I'm going to kind of run these together. So I saw a lot of people online saying $50 price increase, which I don't think should be a surprise to anyone. Uh, the economy is not in a great spot right now. And that's our economy, let alone the world economy. I don't know where it's at, but it doesn't seem to be doing too hot. Um, it's going to get worse. They're going up on memory here, so there is a little bit more cost involved, but they're still clearly doing this to make money. So the $50 price increase to the digital version is not surprising because if I'm not mistaken, the same thing happened with the Series S redesign uh, that they're doing, the black one that has a terabyte. Yes, to that end, fast. I saw a lot of people asking on Twitter today, who are these four? And I got to be honest, with all the respect I can say with this, I feel like that is a dumb question. Okay, I'm glad that's where you because I was going to say that too. They're not putting these slims out for people who already own PlayStations. These slims are out to make a easier to produce, less likely to fail, all sorts of other things, product out for the people who for some reason didn't want to take the dive yet. Yep. That's it. Yeah, the answer came from this is the new model that's what the this is the one we're selling now. It's just they're just replacing the PS5, the big boy, you know. That's all they're doing is they're just replacing yeah. that with the new ones. If this was the Pro and this was all they were doing, then yeah, we could have that conversation, but Yeah, like it'd be a lot different if they continued to sell the existing SKU and introduced the SKU. Yeah. I'd be like what the fuck is this? Right. But that's not like, the world we're going into. No, and I feel like at that point, they would have only done the digital one, and they would have phased it out and been like, this is the new digital model so that you can get a disk drive if you want one down the line. Well, and then, so like, take a step back. If you actually, let's dive deeper into the question, then, or at least into the answer, then it's just for people who haven't gotten it. The real answer is that Maybe people didn't get one or the other because of price. Maybe they didn't get the digital one because they liked the price, but they didn't like the fact that they might regret not buying a disk drive and there'd be no recourse for that other than to buy a $500 PlayStation 5 again. This solves that. If you go in on the cheaper model and then later on you decide, I wish I'd have gotten the disk drive, now you have an $80 recourse to that. Like, no, no wrong. Is it ideal? No. Is it weird that after you put the detachable disk drive on, you've spent more than if you just bought the disk drive version in the first place? Of course it is. But it's about options. And then secondarily, anyone who buys this moving forward, this is about having a system that's easier to upkeep 
for the ever so talked about game preservation. Moving forward, PS5s will be able to last longer and the games be able to be read longer because you will be able to replace the disk drive easily because it's modular and it's built to do this. Uh, Josh Ayers, one of our longtime listeners, longtime patrons, he talked today that he had a disk drive failure on his PS3 and he bought a new disk drive and no one in his area knew how to repair it. So he had to just buy another PlayStation 3 because that's Oof. where you end up if you don't know how to get it repaired. This solves that. Mm-hmm. Again, is it ideal? No. Does it look weird to people who have already bought a PlayStation? Of course it does. But we've already talked about the product that will be for us, potentially. And and I mean that being like people who have already bought it and are looking for the next thing. Those are people who are looking for the Pro. That is not the slim. This is not meant to do that. This is the Xbox One S of the PlayStation 5. That's it. It's just meant to be the next step forward. It replaces the original model. And in about a year, I imagine, the very highly rumored at the same time as this Pro is going to come to fruition because now everything that Tom Henderson leaked, the portal, this detachable disk drive PS5 Slim. Headphones. There's no reason that, yeah, the headphones. There's no reason you wouldn't believe that the Pro is coming. Yeah. Everything in its own time. Um, Give it to me, baby. I, 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 uh, this brings us to an interesting question. Okay. Um, Ask it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run and grab it real quick. Um, Rude Days 93, he hit us up and said, with the revision of the PS5 coming out, seeing an increase in price, do you think the Pro model will follow a similar path? What do you think the price will be? Uh Chris, defer to you first. What do you think? Do you think we'll see a more expensive device, or do you think the PS5 Pro will try and do the same thing as we see with the last Pro, where it'll come out and kind of they'll shift the PlayStation 5 price down by $100, and then this will replace it as the new $500 machine? Or will we see something that's more like, okay, we're going to move up in price, and this is going to be a new machine that's $550, $600? What do you think? Um, my gut is $599.99. You say five ninety nine? Yeah, that's my gut answer to that. Because <clears throat> it, it, it's going to come out next year, and I can't see the PS five dropping in price by a hundred and fifty bucks or so to make this seem worth it when they just raised the price. You know? Yeah, so that was going to be my answer. <laughs> I feel like it's going to have to be going up. Well, and I think some of that is, I think the PSVR 2 pricing suggests that they're not afraid to go above the original asking price for the PS5. Mm-hmm. And it's for a niche part of the market. I don't know if anyone remembers, but the Series X and the PS4 Pro did not sell, nor should they have. They did not sell as well as the PS4 did. The more broad market appeal version is always going to sell better. But for the people who want that niche high power market, I feel like this makes sense, and I don't feel like most of us will buck at $600, if I'm being honest. As long as, like Chris said, the benefits are clear and understandable, and uh, the majority of people can get them without having to invest even greater. And even then, some people will do it. We saw it happen last time. But, you know, like for me and Chris, it may come, here's PS5 Pro. If I want to get it and get the most out of it, I've also <coughs> got to spend, a, a, you know, another $1,500 on a new TV. Right, exactly. And so suddenly that $600 purchase is a $2,100 purchase. So. Yeah, it's just, again, oh, it's it's a matter of What timeline do you think? You think the holiday next year? August next year? 
Um, I could see August. I could even see like maybe July, like mid year, June, July, and then have it on a have a Black Friday bundle. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I, I could see it. I could see that. Yeah. Then again, they're launching this November. They're launching a slim, so it would make a lot of sense that they wouldn't want to wait. They would wait a little bit longer than six months. Yeah. True. True. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next piece of uh, news here. We've got Activision Blizzard's acquisition by Microsoft has been announced to be closing next week. Both companies have been speaking on how the games will be added to Game Pass, and it does not appear to be planned to be immediate, but that does mean that when this closes, we will start to actually see pen to paper how Activision games will be treated in coming to PlayStation, how long they'll come to PlayStation, and if and when, rather, the games, more of the games may become exclusive, much like we saw with uh, Zenimax. Part of what gets weird there is there were a lot more promises that had to be made here. So I think the most interesting part of the next year is going to see, uh, maybe the next two years, maybe the rest of the generation, is going to be if anyone's actually holding Microsoft to account for the promises that they made and if they hold Somebody will hold them to account. Who? Uh, I mean, realistically, Sony most likely, right? Like The competition? Because at least there is competition in this regard? Yeah, because the reality is, like, even if this goes through, they can always unwind it down the line. So Sony's going to be on their ass to be like, to make sure that... uh, they can't find a way to unwind the deal. That's why I think my personal opinion on all this is that, you know, I wouldn't celebrate Xbox getting a ton of exclusives off of this immediately. Yeah. I mean, that's well, we haven't seen a ton of exclusives off of the back of Zenimax even yet. And we're what, three years, four years into it. Yeah. But even with that, we are there. There are going to be exclusives, you know, Elder Scrolls six is probably as exclusive as of today, Starfield, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the stuff that comes out of Activision Blizzard, probably the vast majority, will not be exclusive, at least for probably this whole console generation, just so that they can continue to hold to, hey, we're not taking things with this. It really was just about King. You know, all this kind of stuff that they were saying, where it's like, what's the real value of an exclusive Crash Bandicoot? Not much. You know, there really isn't much value to that other than putting it on Game Pass. But at the, with a Crash Bandicoot game, you might as well put it there. And like, that's probably the extent that you're going to see because we've talked about it, but they're not unwinding the Activision Call of Duty train. They didn't spend $69 billion to be like, you know what, Treyarch, we really liked, I don't know, Blur. Go make a blur game. They're going to be like, no, Trek, you're going to make Call <laughs> of Duty 2028, and that's what you're going to do. And so is High New Moon, so is Sledgehammer, so is Neversoft, so is Toys for Bob. Like the, all this kind of stuff. And that was, I know, Blizzard. But my point is, they're not unwinding this to start being like, okay, well, now we're going to make a Hexen sequel. No, they're going to keep making Call of Duty because Call of Duty is why you spend $69 billion and King, whatever. But. They're not going to unwind that. So I don't think we're going to see this treasure trove of titles. You know, Game Pass is going to get a huge benefit from old stuff. But I don't think right now you're going to see like, oh, wow, look, now the Xbox slate is 50 games from Activision because they're making all these games. That's not the reality. So 
we'll see. But it'll be an interesting thing. I really don't think this is going to affect the layman gamer at all. I'd be very curious to see if this actually could work out or not. But I've seen people talking about it, and it is a very interesting thing. If Xbox wants a PR win, um, and maybe the money wouldn't be too much to spend, it would be really interesting to see them get all of the Activision licensed games back onto a service where you can play them mm. by renewing the licenses <clears throat> for things like Spider-Man Web of Shadows and Spider-Man Friend or Foe and Spider-Man, uh, you know, I, Shattered Dimension. You know I, what I mean? It's like, don't, I wrong, don't the chances seem incredibly slim. I don't think at this point that would ever happen, but it would be very funny if this deal closes on October 13th and on October 20th, Microsoft had a tweet that was all these Spider-Man games are coming to Game Pass for free. That would be fucking incredible stuff. Not all of those games combined will not touch the quality of Spider-Man 2, but would be a hilarious tweet to see on that day. It would be a micro win, right? I mean, at that point. Well, it is Microsoft, so they're used to that. But no, (laughs) I (laughs) I don't think that would... I think... That would be a micro win on Twitter, but that's not a real win. Yeah, that's fair. That'd I mean, be, okay, what like, I mean by that is, right, like take the business part of it out, just as like for somebody like me who would actually want to make these games far easier to get and play again. If you can make those games from the 360 era that a lot of people beloved, like Wolverine, X Men Origins, yeah. and High Moon Studios <clears throat> Transformers games, and Spider Man games, and Deadpool. And you get all these games to run with enhanced backwards compatibility at like maybe 4K resolution. Do you know how awesome that would be for me as an individual and a few I, other I, people who would just like really want to be like, I would love to play Edge of Time without oh yeah. all, of the, all of the spend ass eighty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, you know. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be cool. What of I'm course. saying, it doesn't compare. That would be like me handing you a copy. You know, Blake comes over and he's like, I'm going to give you each a movie from my collection that I think, you know, that I think you'll like. And he hands you a copy of like Piranha 3 Double D. And he hands me a copy <laughs> of like Interstellar. And you're like, well, listen, there's this is Piranha 3 Double D. It's not as good as Interstellar, but it's still a win. It's like, okay, sure. I guess you got a free movie, but. You're not watching, you know, one of the best movies of all time. And that's high praise on Spider-Man and a lot of low praise for Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Shadows, which I like both of those games. But yeah, I would say both good games. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like that's like, I feel like if anyone was trying to claim like, ooh, we got Web of Shadows, PS, uh, Sony ponies are crying. Like that is a gigantic load of copium, my guy. And, you know, that would, I think, be my point. Uh, all right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out regardless. The upside is, is that a lot of like the one that I always point to is my worry when people are like, what do you mean? They're putting out all these promises and saying they're going to do this and do that. And I always point to the live nation, uh, Ticketmaster merger and how there was a bunch of promises made there. And then as soon as it closed, no one's ever made them hold to any of those promises. They've not kept a single one of them. But the difference is, is that that was two mega corporations in those areas combining and then basically pushing all the other industries that were barely even hanging on out. And the difference here is that, yeah, we're seeing Microsoft, a massive corporation, merge with Activision, a massive corporation, but then there's still Sony and Tencent and a bunch of other people who are still there to compete, thankfully. 
is it going to be a little harder to compete? Of course. That's the nature of, of things slowly but surely kind of conglomerating together. But the upside is, is we're not in the same world that we were with that. So there's going to be a much better even if the government themselves won't try and hold them a check and be like, well, we don't want to exert the time, Sony will be like, hey, we're going to make this your problem. Or anyone else who's trying to compete in this space will be like, hey, we're going to make this your problem because we don't want to be smothered out because you let a big corporation merge with a big corporation. That's it. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let's see. We got one more bigger piece of news, but it is so nebulous and tenuous and weird that it's mainly just a talk of... What could? What could be? Uh, there was a rumor they hit today that Disney is aiming to break into the console or gaming market, rather, in a much bigger way than they have been, definitely since a lot of their Marvel games have not been hitting very well. And that part of the reason that they're aiming to do that, or part of the way that they're aiming to do that, is to acquire EA. <clears throat> At first, this seems crazy. But then if you actually back up a bit, think about Marvel and Disney and the uh, LucasArts, whatever you want to call it, right? So far, all of Disney's game efforts that have actually brought any form of true success to them have been Spider-Man, which is exclusive. And the other ones have gotten high praise, but they never sold enough to be successes. You know, like Guards of the Galaxy, fantastic game. Unfortunately, it was considered a flop. So we're looking strictly business. But as far as EA is, uh, or as far as Disney's concerned, EA is the only other person besides Insomniac, who they're definitely not going to pull away from Sony, that has made a successful Disney game two times now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking so, about Battlefront, and I was like, success is aggressive, even though old friend Josh Lago really liked uh, Battlefront 2. That Congrats is true. On that no, I am. I am talking. Uh, I'm talking specifically about. In case you haven't picked up on it, Jedi Survivor. Yes. And Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, there are problems with those games. Yeah, sure, but they've been successful. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. So EA doesn't really seem like a crazy choice. Definitely, when you can see they're already partnering pretty close for EA with the Black Panther game and the Iron Man game. So. This doesn't seem that crazy, but this also seems like one of those types of rumors that's getting stirred up because it's just sensible enough that you can kind of go, maybe it's true. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But let's let's what if real quick. If EA were to be bought by Disney, how do you think that that would affect the landscape of the gaming industry? Definitely after we're going to be closing on Activision joining Microsoft. Um, my worry is that it would sterilize EA a little bit. I wonder if they would sell off some of their more adult studios. I'm I'm going to throw this out there and just say, do you not view EA as rather sterilized in comparison to what they were in like the PS3 era already? Well, yeah, but if you're, if you're saying that, I would say all game studios are sterilized from what they were in the PS3 era. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what I mean Besides here... Tripwire, but then, yeah. you know... Well, you say one thing about abortion and... <laughs> you die. That, that was actually my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was going with that. So um, my worry is more like, would they really want to be the company behind the most popular murder simulator, you know, in Titanfall or Apex and Battlefield, right? <clears throat> so is this a scenario where EA buy 
so I don't even know if that would really make a ton of sense. You know, because the question is, are are they going to be like, we can't make M-rated games here at Disney? You know, and then if they do that, then it's like, well, what's the point of doing this? You know, I, 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 these are questions that we don't know the answer to, but that would be my worry of, you know, okay, well, you want to turn us into a Marvel Studios, um, you know, comic book output of video games studio? That's fine. So then do you make Respawn a Marvel Studio? And you stop everything else because other than, you know, you can't stop Apex at this point. But, you know, do you not let them make new mature games and stuff like that? Or do you even go, we don't want to be associated with Apex Legends and we're going to sell it to somebody else. We'll sell you Respawn and Apex. Would, would that even make sense? Um, these are just all, It's that's just where I, my head goes, where I don't see Disney as wanting to be crazy mature, you know. The Marvel, you know, even Deadpool, I think the rumor is PG-13 to R, right? And if it is R, great, but it's hard to see. So, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. You might be right, because there's this part, right, where it depends on if they want it to be under the Disney brand, like Disney moniker or not. Because, like, a good example of Disney still allowing some pretty... Some things that you wouldn't expect them to allow would be like uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the most unhinged shows I've ever seen, and it continues to be so. And it's owned by FX, which is owned by Disney. But it's branded through FX. And so you kind of get this ability to obfuscate for the average person. It doesn't look like, oh, okay, yeah, this is Disney putting this out. This looks like, oh, it's FX putting it out. So to that end, you could argue that maybe they would just have it to where... Yeah, they buy EA and then use EA as their premier studio for these things. But outside of that, they just let EA be the publisher so that when EA makes a Titanfall or a Battlefield or whatever, it just looks like EA. And yeah, if you dig deeper, you'll know EA's owned by Disney. But if you don't, then Disney just puts their logo up for all the Disney branded IP games that they'll come out of EA. So like if it's a Star Wars game, bam, Disney, bam, LucasArts. If it's a Marvel game, bam, Marvel, bam, Disney. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like at that point though, is is EA like like yes? I understand that they've made successful games, but you know who else mm-hmm. has made successful Marvel games? Is Sony. So what are you saying? Buy Sony? I I don't think they could buy Sony, but a partnership. I don't think with, they could either. Just to throw par- that out there. A but. partnership with Sony. Like think about them doing exactly what you were saying with EA but you're you're partnered with Sony so Sony Pictures can put out an R-rated Deadpool movie in the MCU. Oh, and by the way, you get the Spider-Man license for all time in your movies. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, that, look, all things are possible, of course. I mean, yeah. it's just what makes the most sense for Disney and I think we're in this weird thing where some companies are wanting to avert risk by just partnering. And I think that's what Disney was trying to do initially, right? Partner with a bunch of different studios that are known for, you know, beloved games and hope that some of them stick. Unfortunately, not enough of them have. So since they've gone that route and Sony also for the, for the fact that Sony is going to want to try and maintain somewhat of a variety uh, in their market, you wouldn't want Sony to just become the de facto Marvel you know, Star Wars publisher, no, right? But so then you come into that thing of like, you're still going to have to use other developers. So the easiest way would be to buy somebody like EA that's got a bunch of developers. The other option, but far less obvious, at least until we see how well Avatar Frontiers of Pandora 
does. Yeah, is Ubisoft. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. You, okay. Hear me out. This might actually be the craziest. I do like Ubisoft, but this just came to me and I have to get it off my chest. Right now, with the, the way the economy is, wouldn't buying a depressed asset with a ton of studios and a ton of IP, including one very valuable IP, be the best option? So wouldn't Disney buying Embracer actually be i'm serious i'm dead serious what's the very valuable ip from embracer lord of the rings <laughs> okay I, I was making sure i'm just but making like, sure imagine the horrors disney would rot upon us on disney plus if they acquired the lord of the rings license oh god to be fair i think that the lord of the rings video license may have actually already i, I don't think it's no, sold but mid, i think it's like mid, contractually they, uh, it might that might be someone. the to Amazon, but they own Middle Earth, which is oh, fucking they insane. They, they, they own Middle Earth, yeah. The whole so thing. that Rings of Power um, show is them, like they're part of it now. I'm assuming so. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. If Disney bought uh, Lord of the Rings, I would fucking I'd quit. I would just I'd quit all things. It would be awful because <laughs> we'd get a Tom Holland led Lord of the Rings remake. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying this to shit on anyone's parade. I'm not piercing your tears. I promise you, I have not been. I think that the worst thing to happen to Star Wars, not in the way that everyone says online. I'm will look. I'm glad people like it, but I think the worst thing to happen to Star Wars was. That well, just in general, right? I think most of the Star Wars content that's been put out since Disney has bought them has been subpar. None of it's just been god awful. Like, because the thing is, it's like Disney's a big company; they know how to make a, a, a like a presentable product. They know how to do it. You're never going to see something come out of Disney where you're like, "This is just absolute dog shit." Instead, what you'll get is like when people get really into it is when they feel like something they love like Star Wars has been bought by someone who doesn't really understand it. And I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying it's what other people view as in this. And then go on and keep making things. And it's more that the visceral response is that you didn't understand this. Therefore, it's dog trash because you didn't make something that feels in line. When the reality is like, did I like The Last Jedi? No, there's a lot of problems I had with it. But it's not literally a dog shit movie. It's just not a good star wars movie and it's like that's that's what it is to me um but generally speaking i just don't want disney to fucking own everything they own comic book shit they own star wars i don't want them to own lord of the rings too yeah but you do see where my logic comes from right i get exactly where your logic coming from and that's one of the most sensible purchases they could ever do yeah it's a it's a factory, and all Disney's got to do is go. Okay, here, Tripwire, you're gonna make a Mickey Mouse game, and Gearbox, you have the license to the Mandalorian. I, I would take a Gearbox Mandalorian game made like Borderlands. See, look, be okay, this, this is why for me, this is why I like when licenses are split up between shit, and not everybody owns yeah. anything. Because going back to the Marvel of it all, I fucking miss the days when all the Marvel Marvel properties were just scattered across and every studio got to handle them however they see fit. It's how you get a movie like Logan made. It's how you get a movie like X-Men Days of Future Past. You don't get those movies from Marvel. You're just not going to. So at the end of the day, I miss there being, it's like, I miss Spider-Man being Sony only and not involving Disney at all. I miss and not because the Spider-Man movies are bad. I just like when you have different groups of people and different groups of CEOs that go, 
yeah, we, we're willing to make a rated R comic book hero movie. Fuck it. And then it goes on to make billions of dollars. And then Disney buys that company and looks at this movie series that's made billions of dollars and goes, maybe it shouldn't be mature. And it's like, well, why? Like, that's what it was doing successfully. And that's their prerogative. They own it. They bought it so that they have that control. I understand it. But that's, I, I like licenses being split up so that different people can take different takes on it and make different things and say, yeah, we want to make a hyper-violent one. And then someone else goes, we want to make a family-friendly one. Cool. Do it. <laughs> just do it yeah i mean i guess my biggest worry with what they're talking about would really just be like what happens to do they or do they still license out the games right are we are we still gonna yeah. get insomniac making a, an insomniac verse right is all that gonna happen and you would lean towards yes because actually i won't say anything but you if you've seen one of the recent Spider-Man movies, you might understand where I was going. Um, so I think they've embraced those games, but are we going to get more of it if they start doing this in-house? And I don't know. I think it would be interesting. But it is a little weird to know that Disney is looking into buying them with the intention of changing everything they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Who knows? This is a very interesting rumor, but it's so nebulous and there's not really a whole lot backing it up. It does make sense, though. Disney is already. Tr- but it's funny, though, because remember, Disney came into gaming in like 2010, yep, 2009, and, quit. and then completely divested themselves. And then they were like, yeah, well, we're willing to come back into it because we have a lot of very valuable IP now that we've worked up and built up to be big, but we don't have the infrastructure to handle it. We'll just license it out to other people. So it would be a pretty big deal. For Disney to be like, no, we're getting back into making games and we're going to get the infrastructure ourselves. We're going to buy it. We're going to own it. It's not that it's impossible. It's just a, a decade. Having a company within a single decade enter, well, it wouldn't be a single decade, but it'd be more like even 12 years, right? If it happened right now. In a 12-year period, having a business enter the gaming market, completely divest, re-enter it through partnerships, and then once again fully invest into it by owning everything would be fucking wild. But this is the games industry, baby. <laughs> Hear me out. Disney buys Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Or Disney buys Xbox Dude, from Microsoft. Would never, would never happen. Yeah, but I say, but it would be pretty interesting to wake up tomorrow and be like, Disney has acquired Xbox from Microsoft. <laughs> Disney bought. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen in 2028 if Game Pass it, hasn't succeeded yet. That would be fascinating if, like, Apple, Apple. Or, or Disney knows this and they're like, "All right, we'll wait until then, and then you know, give you can give us all of it for cheap." Yeah, everybody's just gonna be courting Phil. Yeah, hey Phil, come on, man. You, you ever <laughs> see that episode of How I Met Your Mother where uh, the Marshall's trying to go work at the law firm and he gets there and he's like, "I can't work for you," and the guy's like, "Ah, no, we're evil corporation, whatever." He takes him out to, di- to dinner and he's like, "Yeah, what is that?" And he's like, "Is that Kobe beef?" Or Kobe lobster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're going to be lobster. doing that. They're going to hit him with that. They're going to be like, if Phil Spencer's like, is this Kobe lobster? So, yeah, of course yeah. it's Kobe lobster. <laughs> we'll, we'll cancel Spider Man 4, Phil. Just come on over. <laughs> Spider Man 4 is done. It's over. It's gone. Yeah. That'd be really, cool. really wild to see. All right. Moving on to rapid fire news before we round the show off. We've got uh, X Defiant has been delayed indefinitely. They finally announced it due to inconsistencies in the gaming experience. Take with that information what you will. Uh, 
but I think there's reason to have worry of the game. But, you know, if it's something you're excited for, as with all games that end up in weird development hell situations, I hope it comes out and meets your expectations one day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I want to play it, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up is a little bit more. PS Plus has gotten some more value as Sony Pictures has announced Sony Pictures Core, a video streaming service. PS Plus users will get access to a curated selection of up to 100 titles, including some like Looper, fantastic movie, and Final Fantasy Kingsclave. So that's just an added bonus. This feels somewhat in... Like, this feels like this was known when the price increase happened to PS Plus, but I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, clearly it was known, but I wonder if it influenced the price increase of PlayStation Plus or not. Yeah, I don't know. I doubt it. This seems like something I doubt they it too, can get for the monthly free. price didn't change. Yeah, and this is something they can well, easily just, just hand you. So and it's just a value add. I looked through yeah. the the collection. None of these movies are particularly good. You know, it's like Looper is probably the best one I saw. Hancock's on there though. Hancock is a fucking Hancock's on fire. Yeah, it's movie. a banger. Charlize Theron's fine in that movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? Jason Bateman might be the most underrated actor of our era. Oh, 100%. He's great in Hancock. Game Night is the single best comedy that's probably come out in the last 20 years. That's hot take, but... Dude, Arrested Development has a killer cast. Every person in Arrested Development is great. But that show is carried by Jason Bateman. It's just, yeah, he just is. It's so good. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic actor. I really like him, and he seems like such a cool guy. Like anytime he's doing interviews, I'm like, yeah, this guy. I I, I hang out with this dude. <laughs> What's right, the thing? Absolutely. Whenever you remember when everybody hated, like this was my grandpa's go to thing. Whenever I was young, and he hated George Bush because he was a Republican. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. And my grandpa used to my grandpa used to say, I'd go squirrel hunting or fishing with him, but I don't like him as my president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that's not a good thing because I also think he's a great actor and a cool guy. So, I mean, I'd go hunting and fishing with him and watch his movies because okay, Jason absolutely. Bateman's cool dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to the last piece here, we've got John Rigatello has resigned at Unity. Effective immediately, he is no longer CEO. He is stepping down from the board. He is stepping down from everything involved in the company and uh, flying his golden parachute away. Uh, of course, we don't actually know what's happening here, but I don't, I don't think it'd be surprising to learn that they were like, hey, you got to go, and he's like, fucking pay me, and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They never seem to get any into... There never seems to be consequences for these guys, huh? Never, man. It's it's rough. It's rough. Uh, but I glanced over it because we were in the middle of something else and I just wasn't thinking about it. But we do have another question before we get into the sexiest part of the show. And it comes from patron Josh Ayers. He says, with PS Plus getting core, do you think they will be adding more services like this to the sub? I personally want Crunchyroll, but doubt it'll happen. Um, and that is one of those things where Crunchyroll feels like a value add, but eventually you get to a point where you're adding too much value and then you really do have to add costs. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like the only way I'd see that is if they like looped it into premium and premium got a price increase. And it was but then you get to this problem where it's like, well, what if the what if someone who wants premium for the current price and enjoys it but doesn't give a shit about anime? And then you loop it in there and raise the price. Now you're losing someone who could be at a better tier because you're trying too hard to group your stuff together. Well, I think it just comes to you. 
you can't raise the price for all of this stuff. Like something like Crunchyroll mm-hmm. just has to be that has if you're gonna give me Crunchyroll for having PS Plus, that's awesome, but that's not a perk that you can charge me for. Right? Yeah, that, I think it's that's not. fair. Yeah. Kind of like this, right? Like if they were like, hey, you'll get <clears throat> core for three dollars more a month, there would be people who did it, mm-hmm. but not very many. Right. No. It, you'd be like, yeah, I mean, if you gave it to me for free, sure, I'll, I'll interact with it here and there. Or if they gave me the entire library, they're like, here's the library. It's an extra 10 bucks or it's an extra five bucks. Like, okay, but no. You know, I'm not paying you more for something I might use once in a while. That's a curated yeah, sure. list of Final Fantasy continuations. No, thank you. You're underselling what it is, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, they didn't finish uh, telling the story in 15, so they made the movie. That's what it is, correct? <laughs> they didn't finish telling the story in the movie, so they made 15. <laughs> That's the way I view it. It's it's really crazy, though, because, like, I haven't watched Kingsglaive, but the Brotherhood anime that they did for 15 was really good, actually. I really liked it, and it helped me enjoy 15 a lot more because I felt like I knew the characters coming in. I think that game is probably a lot worse at launch. If you hadn't watched that, they've, of course, fixed that through changing parts of the game, adding a bunch of DLC, which is not a fix, by the way. That's like selling me a broken refrigerator and then telling me that if I spend $15 once every couple of months, I'll continue to get a better and better fridge that will Mm -hmm. eventually work the way it was intended to work. Um, So I'm not going to call that a fix. But if you came in really late and you bought the complete edition that had all that, then you got... Like, you bought a good fridge day one. Cool. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just want to make sure that I don't give them the the fact that they think it's a fix. If it was free, that's a fix. <laughs> Adding a bunch of DLC to make your story make sense is not a fix. Do with that yeah. information as you will. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, I, I should watch King's Glaive. I've, I've literally owned it since the day I've owned Final Fantasy 15. It's still sitting there in the steelbook. Just haven't Fuck watched yeah. it. That's fucking punk rock. That's what they call that. It's hardcore. <laughs> punk yeah, <rock>. punkcore. <laughs> punkcore. Chris, are you ready to get into the sexiest part of the show? Uh, I'm pretty horny, so yeah. Nice. <laughs> my new word has been uh, whenever my wife, she, her go-to is that she's hangry, right? Like she's getting hungry. and It's making her like agitated. Angry. And so I've been doing horngry. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> are you a food and, and sex person? Not really. Like I'm not against it, yeah. but it's not something where I'm like, yeah, we got to pull the whipped cream and chocolate and strawberries in. Like, if my wife is like, yeah, you, I want, I want you to put strawberries on my nipples and lick them off, I totally do it. But I'm not yeah. like hyped for it. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Uh huh. It's weird because th- this is getting to a weird spot. But we said we're going to the sexiest part of the show, so this is preamble. This is the foreplay. Um, yeah, exactly. Sex is inherently messy. And yet there's mm-hmm. a part of me that's like, do I really want to make it more messy for something so non like purposeful for this? Like Yeah. I I'm just eating saying. food. Like I'll I'll add mess if it makes the sex better. So I mean I guess to that end, if I'm putting strawberry pieces on and stuff and it's somehow rewarding me elsewhere, then the the mess is worth it. Well, but me, you know. Let me ask you a question, <laughs> right? Like what's your what's your go to restaurant order? Oh, that's a fucking rough question, Chris, because it depends on what restaurant I go to. All right, let's go with Longhorns. Let's go with Longhorns. Oh, dude. Outlaw ribeye. Okay. With mashed potatoes. Yeah. 
Ooh, and then that, that the steakhouse mac and cheese. Yeah. So what if you just had a plate of both of those on the nightstand while you were going at it and your wife, anyone was just like, you know, cut me a piece, you know, feed her a little bit. You know, the thing when you stick all the fingers in the mouth and do from behind and you put, you just shove a piece of steak in there. <laughs> Take that steak. <laughs> Look. Yeah, you're a well Chris, your girl. question. <laughs> Oh, that's a quote. <laughs> I'm talking about um, Habroxia too. <laughs> I was about to say, what game are we saying it's in relation to? Um, but no, uh, yeah, it, the the answer to all things, right? I told this to someone the other day. Anything can be made sexy, but it's kind of like the Jurassic Park thing where it's like you, you get so preoccupied where, yeah, anything can be made sexy. If you try hard enough, I feel like anything can be made sexy. Chris, don't even catch me on a, on a tw- You're going to throw out some crazy shit, right? I already know it. I just, I know it's coming. What's in, what's in your head? Give me the crazy thing that's obviously impossible to make sexy. Go ahead. Throw it out there. I'm trying. I'll, I'll start normal. Oh, you tree. can make a tree sexy, bro. How could I've you make a, a tree sexy? I've seen a Okay, thick tree. I guess that's true. The roots could be doing things. Oh yeah, I've seen a fake tree. <laughs> Those roots be thanging. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, breast cancer. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, maybe so, you're into mastectomies. What's what's the velvet scar? Like, but that's why it's sexy. You're like, give me, show me the mastectomy scars. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Triangle <laughs> squared no episode, whatever the Oedipus episode. <laughs> Chris, you know the answer was just your mom, right? That's all you had to say. <laughs> I mean, the answer was really just boobs, but anyway. Well, I'm saying you can. Can you make anything sexy? And what's something that that you wouldn't ever think is sexy? No, and then you say your mom because if anybody goes, well, yeah, my mom could be sexy. Then bam, you catch them in that. Oh, okay, a little Freudian thing going on over here, huh? I would agree Oedipus? with that if the entire world wasn't obsessed with their mother getting stuck in a laundry machine. That is true, man. Pornhub really tells us a lot about our inner desires. It does. As a the, the royal hour, right? Like, have you ever looked at those <laughs> maps of like the most popular porn in your country or your your state? You know, I hate those, those. exist. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, you dude. can find them. Why don't you read the question and then I'll just tangent in the middle of it. L- look up most popular porn in Arkansas. I'm very curious. <laughs> but all right, let's uh, let, let's edge Chris a little bit here, talking about being sexy. Let's uh, let's go with some. All right, let's see. Uh, This week's game from One Velvet says, uh, this week's game is called The Great British Fake Off. Killing it with the names again. Uh, I've collected 10 silly video game titles and made up 10 fake ones. (laughs) It's a simple game of real or fake. No, Chris. No. Uh, it's a simple game of real or fake <laughs> one point per correct answer and you'll be going head to head the loser sexy. must wear lipstick on next week's show even if Chris loses <laughs> 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 oh by the way Chris um, we both have to play the Callisto Protocol DLC he couldn't yeah. call it. okay that's fair Fuck. Uh, so what's the answer Black. don't leave me hanging here 
You know what? That makes sense. Does it? Also, it's it's pronounced ebony. No, it's it says black. <laughs> I can't even type in the fancy version of it. Because keep in mind, this is the most searched terms by country or state. You know what I love? You know what I love about that though is that Arkansas has got one of the most racist cities in the world, or at least it's considered one of them. And Harrison, and thankfully, mm-hmm. it's very far from me. Um, it's like a good three hours, four hours from me. Oh, good. Um, that said. It is super funny to me that in the state that has one of the most racist and billboards of like stuff, KKK meetings and all sorts of crazy stuff, that the most common, basically what we're like, Arkansas is the land of repression. Well, I've, I've it's always said, <laughs> I've always said as a Puerto Rican that if a girl called me a slur in bed, I would be into it. So I'd have to imagine the reverse is also true. Yeah. That's, yeah, it checks out. Uh, thanks, Chris, for filling my head with that knowledge. Uh, I will have to figure out what Connecticut likes most. Group. Group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Y'all are some free loving people up there, huh? A lot of flamingos on the yards out here. Oh yeah. A lot yeah. of a lot of pineapples in the in the a decor. Lot of pineapples, a lot of flamingos. <laughs> nice. A lot nice. of red lights. All right, Chris. So in welcome to the Great British Fake Off. We've got to figure out these ten city video game titles and ten fake ones, and we gotta go head to head. Okay. So uh game number one. <clears throat> Hallowed prototype. Oh, okay. This one's not super silly. Fake. But remember, he made up half of these. Hallowed prototype. Wait, is this? Huh. Oh, no. Hold on. Is this like a PC included? Because at that I point. I think so. And that's where I'm going to say this is real. I'm going to go fake, but it could definitely. That seems like a possible. You ready? Go for it. Fake. Nailed it. One point to Chris. Golf clap for him. Thank you, thank you. All right, Chris. Game number two. Tech Romancer. There's a space? Here's the thing. There's a game called Technomancer. That's what I was thinking. For sure. And it's from Spiders. Yep. (laughs) Um, This feels like it could be a play on that, but I could also see someone making a parody game and it being like a, a romance game. And those are very popular on Steam. They release constantly. I'm going real. I'll go real with you, too. Real. Dreamcast. 1998. My guy. It wasn't even a Steam game. All right, Chris. Nice. We've both got a point from that one, so you're ahead by one. Game number three. <laughs> Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. That's real. 100% <laughs> that real. Seems, that seems so real, but Chris... You gotta you gotta play big if you want to win, and okay. I'm gonna say this is fake. All right, real NES 1988. <laughs> well, now I've got to really play hard. All right, <clears throat> game four, Evil Inquisition. I don't know. What do you think? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I, I got to play hardball now, Chris. You know this. Okay, fine. We'll lock in. I'm locking fake. I'm locking fake as well. I don't see this being real. I think part of it is because Inquisition already kind of has a hint of like it's an evil act. So yeah. it feels like a redundant name. But that also could be one of those games that's like foreign language and hits team. Let's find out. Damn it. It's fake, which is good. We both Sweet. got a point. But, you know. Uh, okay, game number five. Chemist Tycoon. 
Real. I'm going fake. Okay. Uh, oh, real PS2 2006. God. Well, it looks like I'm going to be wearing lipstick. Next <laughs> week. What, what shade do you think will look good on me? Purple. Like purple? a matte I think purple. my wife may have some purple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to, isn't there like some shit you got to put in your lips to like keep it from smearing to other shit? Like you have to put like a sealant for lipstick on? I am on? unsure why you think I'd know that. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. Hey, wife. <laughs> All right. Game number six, Chris. Yeah. Oh, my God. Juggalo Showdown. Here's the question. At any any game can be real here. I, I would even argue a, a flash game could be real at some point. Do you think ICP would have made a low budget fighting game? Yes. New grounds. Okay, so are you calling this real? I'm not answering first this time. I've answered first the whole time. Oh, uh, you know what? You're right. You have. I'm gonna go fake. But a, a, a small part of me deep inside hopes that it's real. I want this to be real, so I'm going to go real. <sighs> All right, let's see. Ha, 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 you fool. It's fake. <laughs> that's okay. I'm still uh, that, up by two. That, that, yeah, that felt like a pity answer. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but it wouldn't seven. have surprised me if there was a game like that. 100% me either. I could see Violet J being like, bro, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> it wouldn't even surprise me if it was like really old, like one of the early PS2 games. Yeah, like I said, like, newgrounds.com. Oh, like, fully wouldn't believe that. <laughs> All right, Chris, game number seven Unholy Dodgeball. Here's the thing when a game called Coffin <clears throat> Dodgers exists, I yeah, feel like this, all holds are barred. Are, you know, are, are, it feels a little too close to that, though, doesn't it? Oh, you think so? Yeah. All right, so here, here I'm going to add a, a weird layer to this real quick. Pitch me your version of what Unholy Dodgeball is. Um, well, there's two versions, right? There's the, like, text adventure version where it's ghosts playing dodgeball against real people. And, you know, you make relationships okay. and you have friends and all that stuff. And there's the fake version where it's like, if you, it's a multiplayer game, and if you get hit by the ball, you die. Okay, I was thinking more like, uh, have you ever played or seen the Dead or Alive um, X games or whatever, where it's like Dead or Alive but on a beach? Yeah, like volleyball and shit. I gotta remember what they're called. Dead or Alive Extreme, I think is what it is. Uh, yeah, Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> I'm thinking like that, but it's like a bunch of like sexy nuns still wearing their top piece, but they got like, you know, they, they got the headdress on, but then it's just all, you know, bodies hanging out, big yitties. Do love me some yitties. So that's my version of Unholy Dodgeball. And they're playing against like, hmm, they're fraternizing. They're fraternizing with the the, the priests. And the priests Ooh. are wearing like Chippendales, you know, cod pieces. Nuns versus priests. <laughs> yeah. And they're like crap talking the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Like saying fucked up shit. Like, go to hell. <laughs> like, uh, it's one of those that's super stylish. Biblical they, pause, they pause at the top of the spike and they're like, Jesus has forsaken you. And then he slams the ball <laughs> down right into the guy's face. It's like a powered up one. 10 out of yeah, 10 stuff. Yeah. I'm going real uh, fake. Mm, I'm going to go real. Okay. Damn it, it's fake. 
So that is six to three or six Look, to two. I got to stop trying to play against you. I've just got to start actually you just doing play. what I think. Yeah, you just gotta I got to just play. Oh, okay. Game number eight, Chris. <laughs> Mexican fishing story. Fake. I'm calling fake as well, but once again, part of me hopes this is real. Fake. Yep. It's fake. Seven to four. All right. Game number nine, Chris. Ninja Baseball Batman. Let me just so that, because I know you can't read these. Ninja Space Baseball Space Bat Space Man. <laughs> just so you don't think I'm talking about Batman wielding a baseball as a ninja. <laughs> Um, I don't know, Brett. What Our do you baseball think? bat. <laughs> this feels like either one of those. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not that old. I was going to say this feels like one of those games when they were flooding the market with shitty games that led to the game market crash that Atari mm. was part of. But I could also see this being a slightly later game post recovery because we just saw. Hold on. Let me scroll up. Uh, Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom was in 1988 on the NES. So I'm going to say this is either a, a, it's an NES game or maybe like a weird arcade game that Sega might have been involved in and it may have a console port on Sega since Sega's stick was bringing the console and you know bringing the arcade in the home. So I'm going to say real. Chris, you're muted. Your counter has finally hit one. Uh, uh, I'm going to copy you and I'm going to go with real. Real? All right, let's see. Real arcade 1993. Uh, Not as old as I would have thought. 93 would have put it like almost PS1 time. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Interesting. All right, game number 10. (laughs) Tongue of the Fat Man. I guess I'll go real with this one. It's eight to five. Mm, Part of me is wondering, you know, we talk about whether or not the games can be real if they're like considered real, if they're like flash games or some offshoot. Because like computer opens up so much more, but like what about pre-computer? Like MS-DOS and Commodores and fucking what were the other computer-bound game systems that they had out there. Um, oh, I don't know. Pippen? I can't remember them all. Maybe. Maybe. So part of me is wondering... I think of a game called Boogerman, which I love and adore, and it's a great game. And <laughs> I think that's real. So I can totally believe there's a game called Tongue of the Fat Man. I'm going to go real. I'm going to copy you. All right. Fake. Real nice. Commodore 64. Look at you. 1989. I got to remember there was uh, Amiga. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Amiga. That was the one I was trying to remember. Uh, Game number 11, Undercover Monster. Nine to six. Um, Fake. There's been too many reels in a row. Oh, has there? Uh, Real. It's like three, right? Let's see. It was real, real. Two in a row. Yeah, too many. Fake. Undercover monster. I'm going to say real, and it's a SNES game. Okay, fake. Damn it! (laughs) It's fake. Too many reels in a row, dog. (laughs) 
Yeah, you're trying to look for patterns. All right, game 12. Miniature Harpoon Tail. Huh. Miniature Harpoon Tail. Um, Miniature Harpoon Tail. I'm going to swing... I'm going to swing fake. I was going to go fake, too. Okay. Let's find out. That's real. Oh. Hold on. I did something wrong. Oh, no. He just cheated. No, I didn't. Hold He's on. like, I can't wear lipstick next it episode. Refresh, it, I, I did something to refresh page. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's fake. I knew it. <laughs> it's, I had it's a feeling. Fake. I said yeah, it okay. afterwards. I'm like, fuck, I should have said fake. All right, go ahead. It is, uh, uh, attack, attack of the Mutant Camels. I'm going to follow your logic here, Chris. We just had a couple of fakes in a row. I'm going to say this is real. I have no clue. This also does seem like a very obvious someone made this up to mimic mutant Ninja Turtles, and it's just fake, but... Actually, hold on. I'm going to look. You're going to look on what? No, I'm looking to see what the other ones were. I, I wonder if there really is a pattern. Uh, let's see, hollowed product, fake, real, real, fake, real. No, there's not really a pattern. I'm still going to stick with my answer because I've already said I'm going to go with real, but what do you want to do? I'm going to go with real. Yeah, it's... Real Atari 1983. That actually may have been one of the shitty games that crashed the market. <laughs> <laughs> Game 14, Android Asylum. This is like a good alliteration name. I could definitely see this being a game. Like maybe a, I don't know. I was going to say maybe like an early PS3 or the Xbox Live arcade days. Uh, Chris is muted. I don't know what he's saying. It's real. Oh, you're going real. I'm going real. I, I'm i going to go fake, even though I don't think it's a terrible name. I could see this working. Let's find out. Fake. Fuck. Boy, fake. Oh, hold on. Where am I at? I, I'm still behind. But where <laughs> am I at? <laughs> it's 11 to uh, 7. Ooh, okay. Game 15, Chris. Yeah. Infinite Undiscovery. Real. Real. This is a real game. It's a 360 game. 2008. Yep. Real. All right. Game six. That is a weird ass name, though. I can't blame him. Ninja Hamster. Um, Just to be clear, I won. Oh, yeah. There's no way for me to come back now, right? Yeah, it's over. Oh, you. All right. (laughs) We can keep playing. I just wanted to be abundantly clear that Brett is now wearing makeup on the next episode of the show. (laughs) All right. Ninja Hamster. Real. There's been some weird real games. I'm going to say real too. Yeah. Commodore 64, 1987, real. Yep, definitely. 17, Chris. NRA Gun Club. Ooh. Real. This is a. This seems like an no. easy one way or the other. No, hold on. I'm going fake because this sounds like a game someone from America would make up to make fun of Americans. So I'm going. F- mm. <laughs> I get your reasoning. Like someone who's trying to talk shit about America, like you Americans and your NRA yeah. gun club games. But the problem is we're Americans, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was an NRA gun club game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying real. I'm going to go real because it makes the most sense. 
It's going to be so funny if this is fake. Real PS2 2006. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were those fire-ass Cabela hunting games where you had like hunter senses and you had the Oh, those are great, stuff. yeah. <laughs> They're really fun. I played them on PSP. Game 18, Chris. Ghost Conquest. I don't fake. I think the I think the word feel of this name sounds good coming yeah. off the tongue. It does. I'm gonna go real. I'm gonna go real. Damn it, Chris! You just you got a good bullshit sensor that I'm apparently <laughs> missing. It's fake. Velvet has patterns. You just can't recognize them. Not as galaxy right, game, brain as me. <laughs> game nineteen, irritating stick. Fake. Yeah, I'm going to prove my point. Hopefully, that would be going to call my shot. This one's fake. The next one's real. Let's find out. I'm going to say this one's real. Real PS198. That would have been fucking <laughs> sick if I called that, though. It was. All right, let's see what game 20 is, though. Emergency possession. I should have okay. reversed it because that's fake. That feels fake, but it feels so fake that it's a, it's a red herring. It's real. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Fake. <laughs> Here's the thing, Chris. I already lost. Yes! Didn't I really matter three at that wrong. You're pretty good. You I'll did take good. that. Hell yeah. Chris, I think you maybe you should go into uh, consulting for video game names. Think so? Or I could be a you mentalist. Can tell, you can tell people. <laughs> that sounds fake, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> people, people won't buy it because they'll think it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Your game is called Infinite Undiscovery? That sounds fake. <laughs> that, that sounds fake, dog. <laughs> Oh, golly. All right, Chris. I'll have to figure out what shade I have, but um, I'll be lipsticked it up uh, next week. Velvet, thank you for uh, another interesting and weird game. Chris, you are the undefeated champion of the the Great British Fake Off. Would you like to thank anyone while you have the the stage? Um, Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, my parents, obviously, for raising me with a good bullshit detector. Um, Mm -hmm, I'd mm -hmm. like to thank the Academy. Obviously, without them, I wouldn't be here. Um. Obviously, Velvet, of course, mm-hmm. is a very important cog in the machine here. Any um, any shout outs for Unholy Dodgeball? No. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make that a mod for one of those Dead or Alive extreme volleyball games. I would be into that. Make them yeah. make one of the teams ghosts. Brett, before we close the show, what are you gonna play next week? What, what what's on what your docket? Yeah, we week? never we never talk about what are we thinking about playing. What's your plan? What's your plan for the rest of the year? All right, uh, my plan is I never have one, and I fucking play it by the edge of my pants so hard that this uh, I either I either hyper focus on something. So here's the thing: next week, the obvious <clears> answer <throat> that anyone will be looking at is it's the twentieth, and you have Spider Man. Yeah, of course. Here's the thing: I. And probably knowing myself going to start Spider-Man anyway, but I did fuck up and start Lies of P. You did. I don't know if I'm going to do my, I get super into Lies of P and I want to finish it before starting Spider-Man or if I'll land in the pretty reasonable spot that there are different enough games that I could play that and Spider-Man simultaneously. The reason that there gets a cog thrown in that will, Chris. Yeah. Is that Baldur's Gate 3 is still very much on the table. Yeah. Great game. And that starts to feel like I'm juggling too many games. I say as I have a week where I've played four games. So clearly it shouldn't be a problem. But that's just the way my brain functions. There you go. There you go. Okay, I respect that. That's that's interesting. Spider-Man, 
Like what, what do you think you have? Because I'll tell you this much. Mm. I've clearly proved my answer out from the fact that if you'd asked me this question last week, I would not have said <laughs> that I'd be playing Gran Turismo 7, Lies of P, and Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 is not super out, but I would have just probably been like, yeah, I'm still going to be playing Immortals. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And you kind of did. If you, I think if you hadn't had that glitch, you'd be in it. Um I mean, I'd, I'd be done with it either way at this Valid, point because yeah. I, I just, I just have the trophy. Um, I'm gonna get into uh, Trepang Two that finally came out. Um, so I'll probably now, what game is this? Trepang? Oh, I might play Cocoon. It seems short enough that I could pull it off. You could, yeah. Uh, Trepang Two is the fear shooter that we we've talked about a couple times on the show. Oh shit! Yeah, that game looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, is it is it Trepang Squared? I guess I've seen it both ways. Oh, it's stylized as Trepang squared. That's annoying. Just go with two. Um, so yeah, Trepang will be on there. I'm, like I said, Assassin's Creed Mirage is something I would like to play. And I'm kind of in that, like, I want to play it now mode, but I don't know if it makes sense to play now. Um, well, what would you be not playing if you played it? You know what I mean? Like, what what would it be stopping you from doing? The only thing I'm playing right now is Baldur's Gate, but I'm on a really hard fight that I'm kind of frustrated with, and I think that's kind of where I'm at. Is like I want a break, so it might be like Assassin's Creed, Trepang, and then Spider Man. Then it's like, all right, let me get this boss done and then move on in Baldur's Gate because I don't intend to like, I don't really intend to play more of that in like a binge format. Cause I think I'm at my playthrough is around 75 hours already. Like I'm, I'm fine taking a break for a while. So sure. I think if I end up falling into the Assassin's Creed trap, we'll see. And then yeah, trepang and all that stuff. So wait, Chris, you know what I'm going to do right now? What are you going to do right now, Brett? I want to go spend my reward points on PSN credit. Oh, you're such a good man. So that I can buy you Assassin's Creed, so that you can ADD off into a game. That's so great um, of you. I, I mean, you know, it's it's the least I could do, Chris. Yeah. You accidentally bought a game I'm very much enjoying, so it just feels <laughs> like a, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I felt bad. Like I told you, I felt bad because orig- you were originally going to buy it, and I was like, yeah, you can wait. And then, of course, it came out, and everyone, people around me were like, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm like, fuck, I want to play Assassin's <laughs> Creed. <laughs> Yeah, you really surprised me. I thought since I was the one buying it, you were just going to be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll still let him buy it. No. So it surprised the hell out of me that you were like, yeah. Like, I thought, I thought, man, Chris must have saw something that, that he thought this game was like shit for him to have been like, yeah, well, I'm every, not even going to let him spend the I money listened, on it. I listened to Skill Up <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's whatever. But like, he, his review was kind of critical. So I made, I texted you after. I'm like, you can just wait. And then, of course, like Joseph from Trophy Room is playing it, and people on my Twitter feed are like, "Oh, this game is awesome!" And it's back to old Assassin's Creed, and you know, this tattoo is from old Assassin's Creed days. So, well, and yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like we talk about Skill Up every now and then because I think both of us kind of don't wrong. I don't watch every single review that Skill Up or ACG put out, but for games, I feel like a review is interesting on. I will go to them. Um, I wasn't even really that interested in Mirage. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of very passive. Like, I'm willing to play it since it's not this big, massive, sprawling 300-hour game. Um, but with that said, it's not something that's, like, on the top of my list by any means. That yeah. said, as with all reviewers, they get it wrong, in my opinion, sometimes for my sensibilities of gaming. Yeah. We always talk about, like, ACG's Days Gone review, I think, is just wrong. 
<laughs> I think I think it is just patently wrong. But I respect it because, I mean, he at least lays out his argument. Even though I disagree with it, he did his work and he has his own feelings. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's how I'd feel about the scale-up one for Mirage if I actually watched it. But, yeah, I felt like scale-up's review of Final Fantasy 16, which I watched after I played 16 because I already bought it and was going to get it. Uh, I was like, yeah, I disagree with this entirely. Oh, so man. it's just funny. like People you trust will eventually let you down. But that's why you don't put too much stock in reviewers because – they're still just people and they're still different than you. Yeah. I think it was one of those things where if I was the one who was planning on spending the money, I would have just bought it. But like, because I knew you were and you weren't playing it. Cause I remember when we talked about it, I was like, are you going to get Assassin's Creed? And you were like, no. And I'm like, Oh, you picked it for your draft. So I assumed you were. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So once you said that, I was like, well, if he, he didn't he wasn't going to play it and I don't, it doesn't sound great. So I'll have him wait. Yeah. But you're a good man. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm here for you. <clears throat> My Liza P for your uh, Assassin's Creed. That's fair. All right. Uh, we, well, cool, man. I'm going to get to working on that. Apparently, I don't know how I'm normally looking this up. I would have thought. Normally, I don't have a problem finding this, so maybe it's temporarily unavailable, or maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot, but I'll figure that out. Rip. Either way, Chris, what do you want the community sake to be? Oh fuck! Excitement over the um, excitement over the PS uh, the slim, or do you no, feel like that's the slim boring? Is, um, I feel like it's boring. Give so. us your roadmap for the but rest it's so of the year. Obvious, Let's right? talk about the games that you are excited for. Tell us. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So let us know the crazy games. Maybe here's the upside to this is this is one of those things where we reverse what we talk about when we tell them what we're playing, where we give them an opportunity to put something on our list like Trepang Squared or Trepang Two, where it's like. <laughs> Probably not something that you're going to see all over the internet, but like a few people and maybe somebody who's just like, yeah, that looks like my shit is going to be like, you yeah. should check this game out. Trepping, you should, if you're, if you're still listening right now, you're a dedicated Triangle Squared listener, just go watch a trailer for Trepping too. That game looks insane. <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome. Looks very good. Um, all right, I'm about to figure this one out. I don't know what's happening. But Chris, that is what we'll let them do. And as a shout out, like we always do for our beloved patrons who stick around and are so uh, great in helping us run this show, we would like to give them a shout out. So if you'd like to join them, head over to patreon.com slash nartech. Give as little as a dollar per month to support the show. If not, we'd appreciate it if you're listening on a podcast service that lets you rate and or review. Please consider doing either of those so we can know what you do or don't like about the show. And you can let other people know whether you think the show is worth their time with that being said we'd like to end the show off with a shout out for spencer brandon edwards alex perry rogers easton 328 aztec king leechion 69 the lord corgi bailey robertson mark schutz cypher primus kyle grimm rude days 93 kevin bacon bits danny villiobos jehudi md no fate josh Ayers, Derek porter donovan williams matthew green and sean santarude thanks to each and every one of you see you next week